Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today we're one less. Jonathan uh, bitched out because he's a big pussy and he had a headache. So he decided to stay home. And uh, unfortunately he won't be here to uh, talk about my pick, Russell Mulcahy's uh, Thriller. From the early 90s, Ricochet, mm. uh, which we'll be talking about in depth, as well as other stuff we watched, and lots and lots of new trailers, because this week was all about new trailers. Oh, yes. A lot of new ones to uh, talk about and dissect. Uh, Kevin's kitchen's looking newly cleaned. It's looking great in here. We got new pop filters on all the mics and new mic stands. Kevin's really turning over a new leaf. He's... Uh, He's dedicating himself to the podcast here. We thank him. Thank you. You're welcome. How's everybody doing? Great. Saying my own name was really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> are you one of those people who like, are you like jo- Jonathan where you can't listen to your own voice? Definitely. But it's more about the fact that I'm too important to say my own name. I like Oh right, mm, right. I like a good introduction. Yeah, yeah. Well you don't get that anymore because whether you understand it or not, you're regular now. So I am <laughs> I am here regularly. That's, <laughs> that's true. Oh boy. Like uh, clockwork. Yeah, exactly. You do want like a cool like radio persona name? We could give you one. Like JR. <laughs> right? Good old JR. You know that would actually uh yeah, that would cut down on the Johns. There you go. Yeah. So with us today, as always, is Jr. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. but if we if we call him Jr., then like at some point we got to do an episode where he's not here, right. and then we got to it's got to be some JR. who shot right. Jr. Very and, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I can do movie references I, too. It's a TV reference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, let's just uh, jump right into these trailers. Uh, I posted a few. Uh, Kevin posted a few. Mm. I, I honestly, I, I just want to talk about uh, Destination Wedding first because it was the first mm. one I watched. It's the most recent one I watched, <laughs> rather, because yes. I just watched it. That you, I saw that you posted it. Yes, and uh, it's a new romantic comedy starring Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Uh, how, how do you feel about this? You seem to be very excited about it in your write-up. I'm sure it'll be funny. It probably won't be the most amazing movie ever. But like, when I first saw it, I was like, like I saw Keanu Reeves because he's got like the full-on like he looks like John, John Wick. Yeah, so, yeah, he's got the full-on like John Wick beard and everything. And like he and Winona Ryder are looking at like a bobcat. And I was like, is this some kind of like college humor thing or like, uh, you know, some kind of funny or die or what have you? But then it turned out to be a real trailer for a real movie. And I was, and so I watched the trailer and I was like, well, this has got to go up on the blog. I mean, it's mandatory. Right. Yeah. Did you watch this trailer, John? I did. You know, it's, I mean, uh, I mean JR. Sorry. <laughs> You know, I like that it's just a uh, you know a couple of sad sacks uh, getting drunk. Yeah, that uh, is good. I don't know. Uh, 
this is not something I'm excited about, but it's something <laughs> that, you know, if, if people say it's good, I, I might go see. This is, you know, could be interesting. I you know, f- it feels like a movie that should have been made in 1996 uh, uh, with these same actors when they were actually in their, you know, actually movie stars who could draw a crowd to a movie that wasn't about shooting people with gunkata, you know. But then, but then they wouldn't be so sad. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't see them as like. I don't feel like. I mean, I guess the idea is, yeah, that they're uh, they're, pessimistic and uh, and cynical about love because there's a table of singles, right? But it's like they could be single when they were in their thirties. It's kind of. It's. It doesn't seem to be playing with the fact they're in their fifties at all. Because I mean, obviously, neither one of them really look like they're in their fifties. And um, Keanu Reeves, like I'm usually a big apologist for Keanu Reeves and his acting, but he's so wooden in this trailer it's ridiculous like every line he delivers is so incredibly monotone just the exact same delivery of every single line and there's like no um rhythm to his comedic delivery at all it's just like the line is funny so i'll just say it and it'll be funny and it's really bad i don't know i was really surprised at how poor he was that that worries me a little bit yeah i mean you know Keanu's always wooden, so maybe. Uh, yeah, but he has he has the yeah. ability to emote and to be an actor to actually act a part. I mean, the, you know, he's not like yeah, he might be wooden in that he has a kind of like surfer dude accent naturally. Yeah, but I mean, if you watch a, a performance of his that is you know better than average, like even I mean, like Point Break would be my go-to, but even like The Matrix. You know he's not he's not a com- he's not a statue in that movie he's not you know uh like carved out of stone he's just <laughs> he's a human being at least and this one he's just it looks like it seriously feels like they shot this movie over a long weekend in between john wick you know they took a break from john wick part three and they're like hey yeah. i'll shoot this one real quick a couple of days i'd believe that who uh yeah who made this victor levin He's nobody. He okay. directed Mad About You episodes. Huh. So uh, I think he's a writer mainly. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's whatever. I don't, it's not something yeah, I, I don't, mean, I'm not, like, pissed off about the movie. It just looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the idea of, you know, I'm all about cynicism. That's great. But, uh, I don't know, just Keanu Reeves, brutal looking. <laughs> and, I, again, just feels like a missed opportunity should have been made this movie a long time ago. Yeah, well, maybe that's why they're making it now. Somebody was like, you know what? They never did a romantic comedy together. They or, were in, they were in one no, movie were, together, like Walk in the Clouds, thirty right? years ago. No, they're in Dracula. She's not in Walk in the Clouds. Who else was in Walk in the that's Clouds? Mandy Moore, isn't it, or something? Is it? That's I think that's a different walk. Is it? <laughs> that's a walk to remember. I oh, think. okay. There you go. What, what's okay? Walk in the Clouds. I think she dies in that. I've never seen either one of these. Yeah. Uh. Walk in the Clouds, starring Keanu Reeves. Is, is there a woman in this? Itiana Sanchez Gijon. That's who's in this. Okay. So I don't know who that is. Right. Some foreigner. Yeah. Yeah, because I think like he's supposed to be like some like she's from Italy. Yeah, and like. And he's like hanging out in Italy, like post World War Two or something oh, like okay. that. I don't. I've never and, seen the movie. I heard of it. Okay. Right? Yeah. I. I just remember seeing the trailer. This is back when he would do shit like this, though. Like yeah, he was yeah. doing this, and he did that. Uh, that Sandra Bullock movie 
Lake which, House. Which, Lake House. Yeah, it's like That's, this uh, kind of reminds me of, of Lake yeah. House because it's like a they they they're dragging these two actors yeah. who were in a in, in a genre film in the nineties, taking them when they're a lot older and putting them into a romantic film, even though Lake House has like you know what is like speculative fiction or sci fi or whatever in it. But yeah, yeah. I remember liking the Lake House actually when I Same saw it here. in the theater. Yeah. It's been a while. No, <laughs> I remember not liking it. Oh, okay. I remember like it's based on some Italian movie. Also called Lake House, I think. Uh. I remember hating that, too. I don't know why I decided to see it twice. Right. Well, you never know. Yeah. Um, now, you want to talk about Terrible. That yeah. Loving Pablo movie? Yeah, it looks bad. That looks... Yeah. Javier Bardem, like, I what are you doing? I that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks pretty brutal. It's... Um, I really like Javier Bardem. I really like Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Uh, but it just the, the oversaturation of... Medellin culture and history is just it's getting ridiculous and Narcos isn't even very good I mean I'm sorry it's just like the whole yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it like the obsession with Colombian drug lords in the 80s and this it seems like making a movie about it like every couple of months or a TV show or a documentary yeah because drugs are cool I guess but I mean what they just yeah. got cool last year or the year before I mean like Must yeah. have. I don't know it's just bizarre to me that they keep focusing on uh, Pablo Escobar yeah, his best, the best Pablo Escobar, is uh, the guy from Blow, right? Who's who's the guy? What's his name? He's uh, <laughs> he play he like he like alternates between playing Hispanic and Middle Eastern in movies. Like he's the Hispanic villain in Training Day, and then he's also the Middle Eastern good guy in Three Kings. No not idea. Tony Shalhoub. No, not Tony. He's not a name. Like okay. he's not somebody that you would immediately you'd recognize him if you saw him, but you don't. You wouldn't uh, necessarily, uh, uh, you know, be like, "Oh yeah, that guy. I know his name." Yeah, but his name is Cliff Curtis. I think he's actually British, <laughs> but like he was—he's in Sunshine. Yeah, uh. that's right. He's in all the Avatar movies, apparently. Tanawari. Huh. But anyways, yeah. um, let's 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 dive right into uh, Bohemian Rhapsody then. The uh, much uh, discussed controversial uh, making of, you know, that singer was fired and everything from it. Uh, uh, biopic of the Queen lead singer, or I guess Queen as a band. I don't know. I would imagine it's mostly about Freddie Mercury. Well, did you see um, Sasha Baron Cohen on the Howard Stern show when he was talking about this? I read a long, long time ago that he was interested in doing it, but I don't know if I saw him on Stern or not. I I remember, like, on one of the random YouTube wormholes that I went down, I, I saw it, and uh, the interview, I think, was from, like, 2000... The interview was in 2016, and so, like, according to him, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, he wanted to kind of make it a little more R-rated, because, you know, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. Obviously, he wants to do that. Oh, and it's Queen. I mean, and it's you, Queen. Like, they're pretty hedonistic in their day. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, apparently, this was in, like, the first meeting he had. Like, somebody in the band, he never says who, but Howard Stern says Brian May. Um, somebody in the band was like, Okay, Freddie's gonna die in the middle of the movie, and you know it's gonna show what Queen does after he dies, and because people are real interested in that, of course, yeah. 
Um, they want to see uh, the guy from Bad Company fill in for him on a tour. Yeah. And I... Uh, Whatever. I read that it was a conflict about that. Like it was yeah, like, we yeah. this is not the direction we want to go. I think they want a more conventional, straightforward, like feel yeah, good yeah. biopic. Yeah. And that's what it seems like they got from this trailer. Yeah, I suppose so. But I, I think they're def they're definitely like making Freddie Mercury out to be a lot more witty than he maybe was. I don't know. Well, it's I never a movie. met the I mean, man. Yeah, you know, but... He's got to have those lines where it's yeah, you know, course, clever and funny. And yeah, I just really like, I don't like, Rami Malek, I don't think he's a good actor, and so I I just don't think I don't think it's gonna work. I think it's I don't think there's any point where I'd be watching that movie and go, I'm watching Freddie Mercury. I think his eyes are too far apart. Yeah, for him to convincingly portray. I think, I and they're too like far out of his skull. Yeah, they're bizarre yeah, it looking. Is really specific for. I mean, look at the guy. Like he's look at he, look, he's, he looks weird. Yeah. 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 Have you so, watched Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, is is your opinion of Malik based only on Mr. Robot? Yes. Because that's all I've yeah. seen of him. Oh, you've seen him in The Master. He's in The Master. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, is, says, I, I want to fart in your face. I wish I could fart because I'd fart in your face. Right. Says, the classic line. How do you not remember the scene? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was in, like, Night at the Museum 33 and a third yeah, he's been in some stuff I yeah. mean, he's he's been around he's in yeah, the papillon I mean, remake so yeah yeah gotta, which which like him doing hoffman's role i'm like <laughs> we'll see that's hilarious i mean uh what's his face doing mcqueen's role is kind of uh silly also i don't know i don't know i i, I for charlie hunnam to be playing the equ- equivalent of steve mcqueen charlie hunnam's horrible he's a terrible actor <laughs> He's got the same kind of look, though. He looks okay. Yeah, so, he, so if it's based on yeah, looks, he gets it. If it's based on looks, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, it 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 looks terrible, and like the way they were like melding every Queen song into another one bites the dust. I was like, y'all need to stop before I throw up. It reminds me of uh, the Cirque du Soleil Beatles album Ugh. that they released, Love, where they take the tracks. You know this? They took the yeah they. Right, edit, right. edit them together, kind of, kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Within you, without you, with uh, tomorrow never knows. It's a good track. Mm, haven't heard it. Oh, it's good. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Jr. Anything to add? <laughs> yes, that's weird to call you Jr. <laughs> I, yeah, I just uh, I don't feel strongly about Queen or this movie. Mm. Okay, I you know this was like not a Queen head. They uh, you know. They edited a bunch of songs together, and they put in what are probably the best uh, or most entertaining little scenes in the movie. I know I could say that about every trailer ever, but yeah, yeah, you know, this is probably this looks like it is just going to be a standard boring ass biopic. Absolutely, biopic, yeah. biopic, biopic. <laughs> it looks like like you know, Ray or uh, Walk the Line or any of these kind of just inoffensive uh, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Rami Malek uh, Oscar nomination. You know, if it's like I would be su- all. I would be surprised yeah. to see that. Yeah, oh. just that the, just that this movie's coming out so early in the year. And that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I doubt seriously if he's going to get that. Any kind. He might get a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy. Yeah, or musical. Or musical. Yeah. yeah. And they'll just call this a musical, even though yeah, it's probably yeah. nothing close to a musical. How about a uh, Black Klansman, the new Spike Lee joint? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> starring Adam Driver and some other African American gentleman whose name I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, whose name they don't even put 
first on uh, John David I'm, Washington. Yeah, he's like he's yeah. not really a known actor though, right? So I mean, I think he's Denzel's son. Is he really? Huh? Shut up. <laughs> I read that in one of the uh, reviews of this movie. From Adam Driver is uh, his first build. So. Yeah. That's the funny thing. Like, it's a Spike Lee movie, and it's called Black Klansman. And on IMDb, like, the first three people that are named are the white people. Adam Driver and Topher, Topher Grace. Grace. Topher Grace is David Duke, which I... I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm into it. it. Okay. <laughs> I think he can I don't uh, know. I don't know. Off. I, I, mean, I think it'll be interesting to hear, to, like, see Topher Grace spewing expletives uh like racial epithets and stuff i think it'll be a weird because uh, he really hasn't done anything like controversial since um traffic you know yeah i mean as far as his image goes right like he was right. coming from like squeaky clean 70s show to you know doing crack cocaine and uh yeah. freebasing and shit so <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't. This movie definitely looks. Uh, I like again. I'm a. I, I I feel like I'm a bit of a Spike Lee apologist as well. I like stuff that <laughs> uh, like I liked Red, Red Hook Summer a lot, and uh, and it's just it seems like he hasn't really made a a good movie in a while, and uh, this one looks pretty all right. I was surprised at how uh, how prominent Jordan Peele's name was in the marketing. Hmm. Oh of yeah, this movie. yeah, and also in every review I've read of this movie, sure. It's like, well, he's an Oscar winner. Yeah, he's teamed, yeah. Spike Lee's teamed up with Spike Lee hasn't even won Jordan an Oscar Peele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like uh, you know Spike Lee is perfectly capable of making a even movie though, like this on his own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, even yeah. though he he should have won an Oscar in 1993 for Malcolm X. Done, done, and done. No, don't even argue with me. I don't know <laughs> who was nominated that year, but I'll, no, I'll say that doesn't Denzel even, doesn't even won matter. An Oscar. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. The movie like, should have swept the fucking thing. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. But yeah. unfortunately, again, just, you know, controversy. People don't like uh, yeah. controversy. So they, this is why this movie won't get nominated for anything, probably. Um, And finally, the movie that should win all the Oscars, The House That Jack Build, Lars von Trier's uh, newest. <laughs> I am very much <laughs> looking forward build. to this one. Yeah. This one looks great. Like. Matt Dillon looks on fire, and I loved, you know, like, a lot of times when they put, like, well-known songs in trailers, I'm like, come on. But, like, having fame set to this, I thought was great. It reminds, he, he uses music in a really interesting way. Like, in the Nymph, in Nymphomaniac, he has all those Rammstein songs, and mm. it's very, like, bizarre that they don't seem to fit, but then they do. They work really well. And uh, this, I just really like his, it seems like a recent thing that he's doing. His last couple of movies, he's using a lot of like stock footage. He'll just throw stock for like the, the lion and the, oh, yeah, the yeah. lambs and everything. Yeah. I, I'm really digging. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> and I feel like this trailer, the like the trailer uh, shook me a little bit. Like it, it kind of, like I thought about it a lot after I watched it, which is not normal for me, because I just watch a trailer and then, but this one is like, uh, it reminded me a lot of, uh, like if you ever go on Wikipedia and you read like a Wikipedia article about a serial killer and they go into a lot of extreme detail about like what they do to people and stuff and it's really graphic and disturbing uh. and sometimes, like when I worked at the library I, I just read Wikipedia non-stops like all I did yeah. and I read a lot of serial killer <laughs> pages <laughs> for some, just morbid curiosity 
And uh, this trailer reminds me of like the feeling after I watched this trailer. Reminded me of the feeling after I read two or three of those pages. Just being like, yeah, yeah. I need to go take a shower. Like I feel gross. Yeah, because it's like, just it's so. Uh, it's weird to say, but it feels like the bleakest film Von Trier's ever made, and like he specializes in bleakness. So it's it feels very very dark. Yeah, and like I feel like he is the kind of guy who could do that kind of movie like very very well i haven't seen very much of his stuff um and i've been meaning to watch more but just just from the trailer this looks like very much something that he can just go into very easily yeah i I read about uh walkouts at can because it was so graphic and disturbing and Oh. That scares me, honestly. I don't know that I want to see that, but I just like I, I have to. <laughs> the, the can crowds are always such pussies. I know that. I agree. <laughs> like but... the walkouts and the booing, like they just—they're <laughs> uh, ridiculous people. I was that I, what yeah. it meant when it said out of competition at can? Well, no, it's just no. It's, they just decided to screen it out of competition. Oh, okay. he was—he was in trouble at can during uh, *Nymphomaniac* uh. for saying something about Hitler or something. That was a *Nymphomaniac*, wasn't it? I thought that was the one before. Oh, an- I thought it was Antichrist. Was it Antichrist? Oh, I don't know. No, uh, well, I remember it said that yeah. he hadn't been back since then. Okay, I don't know. When, I don't know. But it, the point yeah. is that he. Uh, Nymphomaniac was twenty twelve. No, it was that long ago. I think so. Let's wow. just look it up. But uh, yeah, he had said something about how he he could he could identify or empathize with Hitler, and people were very upset about it. Oh yeah, under understandably. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean twenty thirteen, but also like. Von Trier seems like the kind of guy who would say something like that just to get people to like. Sure, he he's, get a, he's a troll. Yeah, 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 he's, he's a, a fucking troll. troll. <laughs> he's a troll. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, and that's you know it's probably why he makes great movies. But he's, he's very, very yeah. He's just a very. Um, I honestly, I feel like his uh, personality and his persona of push, you know, button pushing is kind of like mm-hmm. it undermines how great of a filmmaker he actually is like he's extremely yeah, yeah. talented and i feel like he doesn't get enough credit because all people think about is how oh, he's just trying to do shit that's shocking and you know it's not like he's he's not making hostile you know yeah like yeah. there's a there are it's the films that he's making are much deeper like they're not torture porn and they're not porn porn in the case of nymphomaniac there's like other things he's trying to get at and he's like throughout his career he's always pushed himself to like dig into deep like different genres different styles mm-hmm. like he's part of the whole dogma thing yeah he did the whole like brechtian minimalist thing for two movies he did like super pretty movies in europe like uh, europa and Europe's element of crime I, ne- I i i s- no i've seen element of crime i haven't seen um epidemic yeah that's the one i own uh, it but it's I actually not my least it. favorite one of his i think yeah. I, I think and you said that to me before pretty. yeah it's yeah. not a pretty movie I I really yeah I mean I'm a big fan of Europa and I really like um, Dogville and Dancer in the Dark is probably my favorite of his films but uh, he's just yeah he's just a very very interesting talented filmmaker and I very much look forward to seeing this no matter how insanely gruesome it may be. Uh, uh well, unless there are other trailers I'm forgetting, I think that's it. All right, let's move on to uh, what we watched. Who wants to get it started this week? Jonathan, you want to start for us? Or? Oh, right. You're not here. <laughs> Anybody else? I'll, uh, I'll go. Lay okay. it on us. Yeah. All right. Um, 
So I was watching a bunch of stuff from 1991 the past couple weeks. That's which good was because coincidental. yeah, Ricochet is 1991. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I started off with this weird, uh, you know, Chinese or Hong Kong prison movie, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. I've heard of that. Anyone? Mm. Yeah, it's like a it's a cult movie uh-huh. known for its violence and blood gore. There's a fuck ton of it. Uh, yeah, director is uh, Ngai Choi Lam, and uh, you know, I was like, I'll get into it, but I was like, this is not a movie. I don't know how to rate it. <laughs> it's just uh, a bunch of different violent, disgusting set pieces uh. set in a futuristic prison, and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a fucking cartoon, and it's disgusting. Some of the blood looks pretty good. Some of the blood looks really bad. Uh. It like some of the effects are like Power Rangers style. Some of them <laughs> are Mm-mm. are pretty creative and cool, but uh, there's no plot. There's like it's ninety something minutes, but it feels like two hours because the pacing is so strange. Yeah, it's just it's like the strangest thing I've watched. Is it in a while. based on a manga I, or something? Because there's an animated film called Rikio Also, I don't know. I would, I believe it. Mm. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's just a bloody fucking Chinese movie, and <laughs> it's uh, like I'm not used to. I, I thought I was watching something from like Takeshi Maike. Like it's, uh. it was like that level, but probably bloodier. It looks pretty stuff. fucked up on the uh, images on IMDb. So mm. it is. Um, you know, I'd like a few of the fight scenes were really cool, and I'd recommend them. But this is honestly something that like uh, you should just watch like cool clips on YouTube because as a movie, it's, and I it's will. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, fact, speaking of YouTube, been watching nothing but. Uh, clips of like i always watch uh kill count videos have you ever seen these uh yeah yeah i yeah. just watch kill count videos on mute during like these days when i have to you know there's like kids in your class for like two and a half hours and they're just talking and there's nothing to do i just yeah. watch kill count video like steven seagal kill count videos he's so, it's so oh. brutal like his early stuff he's just like breaking people's limbs and shit it's, it's insane do you call the kids over to watch it with no, you? No, no, no 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 they're probably really into it i'm sure they would be i don't get into any kind of trouble for showing them that stuff they're not supposed to be seeing like i showed a kid scenes from uh this kid was asking me about plane crashes today he's like do, do lots of planes crash and i was like i don't think so like and i looked it up and i was like there hasn't been a, a, a american jet crash that resulted in a fatality in like eight years or nine years and so but i was like I was like, but you know, when it does happen, as they started to explain to him what happens, and he's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, starting to show him like the pressurization of the cabin and stuff like that, and I, so I showed him uh, clips from Fight Club, Alive, and The Edge, and Fearless. I showed him all the plane crashes. <laughs> really tried to freak the kid out, you know? Did he freak out? Not really. He, okay, didn't, yeah. he, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> right. That's part of the fun of being a teacher, just mm. following their train of thought to really weird places. That exactly. Them out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. All right. Anyway, that's all I got for uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Cool. So I finally got around to watching uh, The Shape of Water. Mm. I got a question. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Is he being typecast or is he just playing the same role in every movie that he's in and people just go with it because he's Michael Shannon? I don't. I don't agree that he's playing the same role, but I do think he's being typecast. Okay. Okay. And I also, I would imagine that like Guillermo del Toro is probably like on his list of like, oh, he offers me a part. Right. He wants me. I'm going to work for him. Right. 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 He's right. at and Michael Shannon's at the level now where it seems like people 
like these big name directors are look are looking to work for work with him as well. Like you know, yeah, yeah. He's got that. Uh, he's known. I think he's because he's known for his kind of manicness. Is uh, yeah, you know, and his, his crazy, his stern, yeah, angry yeah. outbursts and everything. I mean, he got yeah. nominated for an Oscar for uh, Revolutionary Reser- Road. Revolutionary Road. Let's say uh, Reservation Road, which the Joaquin Phoenix that came out like the same year. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah terrible yeah. movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, he and that, that. I mean, that that's what that whole performance was about. I feel like so mm. he he doesn't play reserved very much. Right. Ever. Yeah. So yeah, I think he that, did in a. Shotgun stories. Yeah, I was just about I to mention that too. I was okay. I was actually looking at that the other day. Uh, oh, because I watched Next of Kin, I was thinking about a movie that actually does that well, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Shotgun Stories is really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he does he. I mean, I think he can rein it in when he wants to. But okay. I think at this point, they want you. They want him to be crazy, right? So right. they hire him for these roles, like you know, where he he needs to be crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Overall, I thought the movie was pretty good very well well acted i think uh richard jenkins is richard jenkins i think is one of those kind of guys who like he's in a lot and it's maybe hard to appreciate how good he is because he's in so much and you know he's kind of overexposed but i thought he was really great in this movie sally hawkins was great the actual like story itself i thought could have been done better because like i've First of all, I think uh, two hours is a little bit long for what they were trying to do. And, like, the fact that it, like... So they get the creature out at about one hour. And then it takes another hour for him to escape. And, uh... Yeah, I thought I thought all that went on a little too long. I thought the... Um, how do you say his last name? Stuhlbarg? Michael, yeah, Michael, Michael Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg yeah. yeah, he's another guy who I think is very, very underrated as Agreed. an actor. Agreed. Uh, he was great as as the scientist and also Russian spy. Um, spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, the, the <laughs> spoiler for the movie that won an Oscar. Won the well, Oscars. I mean, still, uh, sure people who haven't. My wife hasn't seen it. So. <laughs> sorry, Nicole. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not. She doesn't listen it, to the show. And it's not, that's not that big of a deal in the, okay, in the story. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, you're probably right. And th- is this the kind of thing that, that Nicole like would it. watch in the first place? She wanted to see it. Uh, she likes oh, to see okay. anything that's nominated for Best okay. Picture. So we were trying to see everything, and I had ended up I had seen it by myself at some point uh, right. because she wasn't interested in seeing it. Ah. But then when it got nominated, she was like, "Well, yeah. I need to see it." She's now. almost like a bandwagon kind of girl. That's that's no? a little, that's a little <laughs> what? Wow. about a bandwagon. I mean, she's not like she's like, oh, this movie must be <laughs> I'm good kidding. now. I'm she, no, I know she just wants to see it because she we watched the, we go to uh, her aunt's house and we watch the Oscars. Every oh yeah, year, yeah, So we wanted to like be you know as informed as possible. Right, right. I think I ended up seeing everything except I Tanya. Right, yeah, and uh, oh, wasn't... and uh, Darkest Hour. I didn't see Darkest Hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I don't plan really to see them. Yeah, and, I mean Jr. gave us the lowdown on it, so. Yeah. I like Darkest Hour more than I like Shape of Water. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> what did you do? You remember what you gave Shape? Uh, three. Okay. Ouch. I think I gave them both a three. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I rather I really like Shape I, uh, of Water a lot. I I don't see a whole lot in Shape of Water besides homage, you know, to Creature of the Black Lagoon and just fifties uh, monster movies stuff in general, and right. then also. I just could not shake the sense that I was watching like a, a Jean-Pierre Jeunet movie. 
I was just going to say uh, that because like, it looks so much like City of Lost Children. <laughs> yes. And then I actually saw that that's like a, a thing people were writing up. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it just, it's got that totally, that total vibe of like that quirky, yeah, but also like, kind of colorful but ugly kind of thing. I, yeah, I read yeah. it more like, I, I see June now that you say that, <laughs> but I, I thought of more like uh, the kind of movie that Tim Burton should be making now. I could see that. Like, it seems like something he yeah. would have made back in you know, 1993 when he was making movies that are good before he got sucked into the Disney machine, you know? Right. So that's, that's the way I kind of read it. And I was like, well, it's, and I, I, I don't know. I just, I like, as opposed to maybe, uh, you know, you saying it's a little bit too long. I was just kind of like engrossed in it the whole time. I really enjoyed it. But, yeah. And I really liked the kind of flashes of violence throughout the film. Yeah. Like, yeah, it gets very violent. Like, I think hands down one of the most violent scenes that I've ever seen in a movie was in Pan's Labyrinth. Because, hmm. like, old boy just takes that bottle and he just, like, he's smashing it into the dude's face. And, like, you can, like, see the like the bottle is breaking and the guy's face is breaking, too. And, like, I remember the first time I watched that was like, Jesus Christ. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, so I don't know. Uh, Getting more spoilers. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Sorry. I did enjoy the uh, Michael Shannon's uh, finger. Yeah. Yeah, killer, yeah. Killer stuff. And then I, yeah. You know, there's it, there's just, like, some shit in this movie that makes me go, like, oh, come on. Like, uh, like the ending in general was just, like, a like with where they get the together gills. and the gills. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I mean, they kind of set it's you up for that, movie. like early, like but earlier on. It's like a so fairy it's like, tale. But they huh? set it up just by showing spoilers right, again, right, just by right. like showing just, you scars. They don't like right, right, really right. do anything with those. It's just yeah. like she's got scars. Well, like I right. think that I think that's also mm-hmm. kind of like they probably could have spent more time with her and the creature, like in the lab, and like show like a little more, like ha- like because you know. They're in there. He eats the eggs. Some time passes. She comes back, and he already knows sign language. And well, you can't. You have to show the passage of time in a film, Kevin. You can't just have them. <laughs> I get that. every single meeting that they have. They met three hundred times. We're going to show each one, and him learning sign language little by little. It's like Groundhog Day. It's like <laughs> he, all of a sudden he can throw the cards into the hat, and he says, "You know, six months, eight hours a day, you'll have it." And it's like we don't need to see that he did that for it. That's the joke, right? Is that? He'd practice eight hours a day for six months. They couldn't have thrown in a montage? I don't know. <laughs> like a training montage? A montage of him learning how to throw the card so he can make that joke later? Yeah, why not? I don't know. <laughs> I mean... You have to talk to Harold Ramis when you die. That's true. <laughs> and, well, is Ivan Reitman still around? He is. Did he direct that? Isn't he? Or did he die recently? I don't know. Oh, oh. No, he didn't. No, Harold Ramis directed it. Oh, okay, okay. Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters 1 and right, 2. Right, right, right. I, f- I mean, stripes. I, f- I figured he might like he might have been involved as like a writer, producer, or something. Not a writer, maybe a producer. Okay. Anyway, Shape of Water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave Shape of Water four stars. Oh, okay. I gave it four and a half. So okay. suck it, Jr. <laughs> You're enjoying that way too much. Um, <laughs> did I? I had to ask. Did I talk about Manhattan last week? No. Did not. Okay. Good. Uh, I think I because I think I watched this like right after we recorded last week. Uh, uh-huh. Watched Manhattan, uh, Woody Allen movie from '79, I think, uh, about Woody Allen's character, who's a writer, 
uh, middle-aged uh, writer who's dating a 17-year-old. Just a really weird conceit for a movie. Uh, I'm not sure that I fully understand why he would make this movie, make his character be dating a 17-year-old. Like, I get parts of it. Like, I get that he's he's still adolescent in some ways, so he's attracted to her in that way. But there's also, like, these whole... And I, I like their scenes together. Like, I like how she's kind of more into him than she, he is into her. Or he's trying to convince her of that anyway. And uh, he's saying, you know, this is just a fling, you know. You'll get over me. Forget about it. But they're still sleeping together, and she's still coming and spending the night at his house and stuff. And it's really weird that when they have, like, a... Like, they'll go out with uh, his his people his age that are married, and they're all totally accepting of it. Like, they're, oh, she's a great girl. We like her a lot. It's like... She's in high school still. It's just very bizarre. Uh, aside from that, definitely a great-looking movie. Looks beautiful, obviously. I think, you know, no shortage of people talking about how great Manhattan looks. And, uh, you know, not my favorite Woody Allen movie, but definitely uh, serviceable, good movie, fine movie. Yeah. I know you love this, well, right? this is on my, my list of things to... One day rewatch or maybe just never rewatch it oh, because I'm so afraid. <laughs> I am. I am definitely afraid because you know the first time I saw this was when I was 17. I probably saw it a second time when I was 21. And I haven't seen it since. Oh wow! And I, I guess when I was that age, I was just kind of accepting of the uh, the high school relationship. How old I was, are you? How old am I? Yeah, I'm 30. Okay, so you haven't watched the movie in nine years. I've watched it in nine years. Why is it rated on Letterboxd? Because I imported my IMDb ratings. Dude. Oh no, shit! Did you really? Yeah, dude. When, when I so when oh, I did that pro, on Letterboxd, that's right. I forgot you're pro. Yeah, yeah. when I did you that, you paid letter- money to be on Letterboxd. <laughs> you're serious, man. You're you know, hardcore. I just, you know, I want to. <laughs> just want to reward the people that do good things in my life, and Letterbox <laughs> Letterbox provides a nice service. They do. Yeah. They certainly do. Um, but yeah, you know, so those there there are movies on Letterboxd where I've taken away the rating because I was like. You know, I rated it when I was like fucking fourteen. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about exactly, that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah. And I actually am surprised I didn't take away the rating on Manhattan and just like leave a, a love it star. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I don't have it at the top of my Woody Allen list anymore. What like, is at the be, top uh, of your crimes rating? and misdemeanors? Really? Yeah. I am like grossly uh, undereducated on, or I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Is what I mean. And, I, a, seen, I, I think I counted the other day, and I seen like eight of his movies, which seems like a lot. But then you realize he's you know makes a movie like every year, one a for, year for fifty years. Yeah, so there's yeah. a shitload of them. But now's kind of a weird time to get into him, you know? Right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed that the only one that you seem to have not seen is the most recent one. Yeah, and it, Wonder Wheel. Yeah, that actually came to theaters here. Yeah, I just kind of skipped it because huh. I heard it wasn't good. It looks terrible. It does look terrible. It's one like just aesthetically, it looks terrible. Too. It looks like it was shot on a green, like against a green screen, like the whole thing. Wow. I actually can't remember the last of his movies that I liked because I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't like Blue Jasmine, and people seemed to like that. I liked Blue Jasmine. I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, but is I, it because I it was like, like streetcar? No, <laughs> no, I I remember hating Kate uh, Blanchett, and I. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't I, usually. Well, I, I'm the opposite. I usually am not a big fan of hers, but I thought she was uh, quite good in Blue Jasmine. I think she's overrated, personally. She probably is. But I think, we all uh, say that she's the best. And she probably, yeah, I don't probably feel isn't. like she's the best at all. 
Is it like a million actresses that are way better? Remember, there was a movie that she was in with uh, Dame Judi Dench. Mm. And it was like, oh, oh, the two most overrated actresses <laughs> of all time in one movie. <laughs> yeah. About blackmail. I can't even think about, like, think of a movie that, or think of a performance from Judy Dench that's good, like, outside of James Bond. Not that she's great in those, but just, like, those are literally the only movies I can think that she's even in. Just see. What um, is she in? Uh, Besides Notes on a Scandal. What is she? <laughs> uh, what's the name? Um. She's in one of the Chronicles of Riddick. She's in that. Yeah, yeah. She's in Chronicles of Riddick. No, I didn't. For like five minutes. Chronicles of Riddick. Well, there's yeah. David Uh, Tuhi. Pitch Black is amazing. I didn't see. I see. I saw Pitch Black in the theater. I I, I mean, twenty years ago. Yeah, (laughs) I I thought Pitch Black was pretty good. Chronicles, eh, maybe not as good. Uh, But I think the last one, Riddick, that one was really good. I'll have to rewatch really? them again because it's been like you know, two and a half years since I've seen either any of the three of them, but I remember enjoying them. What the fuck movie were we talking about? Uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to see Woody Allen take a stab at Riddick. You know, let's see his <laughs> take on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. He's a weird. He's a hard one to uh, like. Is even his most the the film that he's coming out with now that he's done filming. All the actors are distancing themselves from it now because of the whole Me Too thing and. Uh, like all the like, El Fanning and Timothy Chalamet both said that they regret working on it and they wouldn't work with him again and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I like have to. I think I want to call bullshit on that. Yeah, because it's like um, Rooney Mara, like when Pan was coming out and like there was a big to do about her playing a Native American role and like she came out and like apologized for like cultural appropriation. Like, how did you not know what you were getting into when you read the script? Was she playing a Native American, or was she just playing like a lost boy kind of? Uh, I I think aren't they like pretty much some, like something Native like, American dressed? So yeah, I think they were just. Well, I, I haven't seen Pan, but uh, in the Peter Pan story, aren't they just like appropriating that? Yeah, don't they just wear like headdresses and shit? Or was she? But in Peter Pan, the cartoon, yeah. there are actual Indians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I I think it was I think it was more along those lines where there were like actual like natives and like the thing she should have just waited it out because. You know, uh, six months after the movie came out, nobody even remembered it happened. So yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's one of those movies that completely vanished from the public consciousness. But yeah, as soon as it got released in theaters, yeah, yeah what, but it's I like someone working with Polanski and being like, you know, finishing the movie and be like, oh, well, I mean, it's clearly a uh, an image situation where you know their publicist is saying, well, you need to, you can't do publicity for this movie, you can't say right, that you're right. proud of this movie because Woody Allen is a scumbag in the in this in society now. Uh, you know, so we, yeah, we've all decided yeah. to acknowledge all these allegations against Woody Allen. Exactly. So now yeah. you have to distance yourself. It's been and yeah, then even sign it's been up like for his twenty years. Yeah, it's been twenty years yeah. since they, they surfaced, but now we're deciding to care about them. Yeah, yeah. Tell, say that you regret working in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate too, because I mean, like uh, that movie coming out seems way more interesting than anything he's done recently, just from the cast and from the fact that it's set in New York and uh, mm. like, it seems like present day New York. And this is going to be may- maybe more interesting than uh, some of his more recent stuff. But uh. you know, now, now it's like he, not that I wouldn't watch it, but it's like, you know, God forbid you, you're into something where I just, I can't, I hate that we can't separate art from the artist or we can't separate uh, like Polanski, right? Yes. Like, Plansky's a better example, actually, because he, it like admittedly has done something wrong. Yeah, you know, and he fled the country for it, and 
yeah, like you can uh, acknowledge that in any number of ways, and you can have a you can find him morally reprehensible and and say that he's a criminal or an animal or whatever, a monster, and uh, that's that's fine. But like, does that should that have a an effect on the fact that on how you view his films? You know, like even his films after that point. I mean, like for me, I mean. I, I don't appreciate the fact that I don't like the, the you know I don't approve of what he did, uh, but I also really really like the pianist, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know I like several Polanski films that were made post uh, statutory rape uh, conviction or not conviction but arrest or whatever. So yeah. I don't I mean I don't and I don't know I, I should feel bad about liking those movies. It's not like those movies are about statutory rape. Yeah, that's the thing too of like. Like, I'm a huge fan of Chinatown. Like, mm-hmm. am I now just going to discount Robert Town and Jack Nicholson and John Houston and Faye Dunaway and, like, their amazing work on this amazing Bruce movie? Glover? Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Rocky's friend in all the movies. Burt Bert Young? Yeah, no. yeah. Is Burt Young in that? Yeah, he's the guy. Um, it's Rocky's brother-in-law. Yeah, um... You can't eat the Venetian blinds. I just had them installed on Wednesday. Okay, I, I it's, yeah, I didn't realize. I don't, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I don't so, remember Burt Young being. So, what yeah. is the difference? Is the difference that he like got in actual trouble with the law? I think the difference to or, society is non-existent. Okay, I don't think people care. I think people well, are actually. Now. I think people are more angry at Woody Allen than they are at Polanski. I, I think. I yeah. definitely think they are more angry at Woody Allen. And I think it's just because his his allegations are more in the consciousness of the public than Roman. Pol- He's a bigger name than Roman Polanski. Yeah. Like yeah. my mom knows who Woody Allen is. Yeah. My mom probably doesn't know who Polanski is, and she might have heard his name, but she wouldn't be able to tell you anything he's done. And it. Allen Allen feels weird also because it seems like he's put some of this weird shit in his movies like exactly like, like dating a 17 year old in Manhattan yeah. and the fact that he yeah, married yeah. he married the girl that he you know uh, his Young, wife adopted yeah. or whatever it's like that's that's yeah it's yeah. it's there's nothing technically wrong with it it's just very strange behavior for someone who denies being a child molester to date uh, or to marry someone who's essentially a child. Yeah, yeah. especially like a, a child that he kind of had a hand in raising for however many years. Yeah, I mean, I, I read about it the other day, uh, actually, for some reason, I guess because I read because I watched Manhattan. But uh, right. that apparently his Mia Farrow and uh, her husband at the time adopted Sue Young. And then he just he didn't meet her till she was like 12. Right, yeah. Yeah. So Which is still not dating no, age. No, it's weird. No. It's no. definitely weird. I'm just saying that yeah. it's just like I was always under the I thought that he adopted her and that they raised her from birth or something, but Right, right. It's not exactly the case. But yeah. neither here nor there. Manhattan, three out of five. All right. Uh I mean, am I supposed to not watch Leonard Part Six now that Cosby has been convicted? <laughs> you know? I need to go watch Ghost Dad. I'm sorry. I enjoy, it's a funny comedy. <laughs> Or you could uh, watch uh, Eddie Murphy doing his uh, Bill Cosby impression. That's good which stuff is pretty too. Hilarious, like yeah. delirious or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and when he does the Richard Pryor thing too, like tell that motherfucker I said suck my dick. <laughs> Classic. Yes. Jr. All right, we're moving on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, no we'll, move, we'll move back No, you're to good. It. Okay, no, you're all right. good. 
right. I can't think of any. When I think of another celebrity who's been disgraced for sexual assault allegations, I'll let you know. Okay. All right. I watched uh, Brawl and Cellblock 99. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched this uh, like right after I watched Ricky O, which was uh, interesting. Cause Double bill. Both, yeah. both uh, you know, prison movies with flashes of violence. Well, this is flashes of violence. Graphic violence. Um, this is an interesting movie. It's uh, it is really long and it's really slow, but slow in a pretty good way. Like we really take our time to get to know uh, Vince Vaughn before he gets uh, put in prison, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I feel unprepared <laughs> for this one. I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts about it. I thought the violence was really graphic and cool. Yeah, I yeah. thought um, we didn't need quite as much time with Vaughn as we as we got I thought his head tattoo was it's just like a, a a misdirect for the beginning of the movie like yeah like he uh Zoller as Craig Zoller director kind of plays with this tension when Vince Vaughn is getting fired in the first scene like I don't know if he's about to like beat the shit out of his coworkers because he's got this uh fucking giant skull tattoo yeah um because that's the first thing you see yeah and you know I know he's going to prison, but I don't know why yet. <laughs> right. Uh, and then again, it's like, he finds out his wife's cheating on him. Oh, fuck. Is he about to beat up his wife because he has a skull tattoo? No. Right. He's actually about to have a really, like, meaningful conversation and treat her as an equal uh, and take his anger out on a car, which is a lot better than taking it out on a person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince Vaughn plays a really good guy in this. That guy just made a skull tattoo decision. And I, I know, I, you know, maybe I'm obsessing well, over this tattoo a little too much, but commits it's, a crime to go to. And he does commit a crime. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he does it within his uh, like he's got a strict moral code. Sure. Like he yeah, could have gotten yeah. away scot free sure. from like this drug bust situation. But he saw that these uh, these guys might kill some cops. So he killed the guys that might kill cops. Right. Now, I right. feel like it's a uh, it's a very weird movie. Yeah. It's really strange tonally. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like the last, say, 30 minutes when he's in the kind of when he's in cell block 99, it's like a totally like it's a it's like a left turn from the rest of the film. It becomes very exploitative and uh, yeah, yeah. movie. Gen- and that's 70s. that's kind of when I went to uh, like, oh, my God, this is like Ricky O because <laughs> he's in like a torture chamber prison. Yeah. And it's uh, like. Like, can this exist? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and Don it, Johnson showing yeah. up out of nowhere as this, you know, kind of uh, authoritarian, uh, whatever yeah. he is, the it's, warden or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the warden. Yeah. Head of the guards. You know, I, I thought the uh, the plot was interesting, the way, like, he's uh, he's forced to beat the shit out of people to get himself put into a position to kill oh, someone that, by that beating the shit cool. out of him. I like that To idea. save his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is like a... You know, I've got a moral code, but I gotta do anything to save my family. Kind of movie. That's a. Uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Especially like when they like they go really far when they raise the stakes, introducing Udo Kier as the doctor and like what what was it like he could he could do something he, he could, could like, take the he fetus could out dis- without he could, killing it or something. Well, no, he could dismember the that's fetus. That's it. He could cut off its arms and legs without so, like, killing it. He could it. cut oh, off. Yeah, yeah, he could cut off the limbs fucked. of the fetus without killing it. And that you actually, when you actually see the Korean abortionist and like how excited he is 
Like, there's just, like, a, a few facial expressions that guy gets to make. I don't know if he even gets a line uh, that I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty badass. That was yeah. a lot. Like, no, it's not badass that you can yeah, right, dismember right. babies. It's, it's creepy. Yeah. It's yeah. badass how how deep we're committing to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is a... I didn't see Bone Tomahawk. Oh, you should. But I, I heard that was quite uh, bloody and violent as well. It's, it's a lot very, like very, very it's violent. a lot like this though. It, it's a slow burn until it gets to a point where it becomes uh, over the top violent. Yeah, so he's just decided yeah. he's gonna do genre movies that are 130 minutes long. I think he's just a big no matter what. He feels like he's just like a natural, the natural extension of Tarantino into the current. Like he seems like to me, he feels the most like Tarantino's heir out of anybody who's doing what Tarantino is, has done. He's like actually like you can see a lot of a combination of all the eras of Tarantino's career in his films. Yeah. As opposed to people now who are just kind of like, you know, they're doing something that's like Pulp Fiction or they're doing something yeah. that's like Kill Bill or that's whatever. Really, you know, if I were asked to describe Vince Vaughn's character in this, I'd be like, he's both quiet and very talkative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when he does talk, he is, uh, you know, he's got like this weird sense of humor and he talks pretty quickly. Um, What'd you think of the accent? I was the accent confused me because for a while I wasn't yeah. sure where the fuck this movie was supposed to be set. <laughs> Same but here until like Same the here. end when someone mentions, "Oh, you're from the South." Um, but it, you know, it's just uh, again everything is strange about this movie. Like with first time Vince Vaughn said when someone asked Vince Vaughn how he's doing and he says, uh, "South of good, north of cancer." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" But I have I'm gonna decided use to use that. I've I've already yes. used it in my life. I've decided that it's a great line. I decided that every movie needs that line, um, and I'm going to say that for the rest of my life. I like it. He uh, I, he's making an, a new film with uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn called Dragged Across Concrete. That sounds violent. They're going to play cops. So it looks. Buddy like, cops, like dirty buddy cops, yeah. So I'm very excited about that one. <laughs> that's this. Also Mel, Mel Gibson. That's going to be Mel Gibson's something. a good one. Uh, you know, he's oh. he's a real good one because he doesn't have the the sexual assault stuff, but he's definitely got you know he's clearly got racism go- flowing through his veins. Yeah, uh, or he has in the past, and um, he's one that I'm always just like I don't like. I'm sorry, like he might be the most despicable. He he clearly is a despicable person like an asshole uh he's got a temper he's an alcoholic but the guy is just great like he's like you watch i mean even i I even like like edge of darkness is a good movie i'm sorry like he's good in it it's it's fun and it's violent and he always seems like he's having a good time when he's making a movie i don't know even even like some like like trash that he's done since he's kind of been uh excommunicated like get the gringo is like a terrible movie but he's great in it like he's just a lot of fun to watch like i really enjoy it i don't think i've seen a mel gibson movie since he was uh oh really blacklist cast yeah <laughs> cast out, cast out from society right that's interesting oh i think that's because he hasn't done any good movies <laughs> I, think, I think that's why you should that watch edge of darkness it's not bad it's that's a good a, solid Campbell, thriller right? yeah it's martin campbell it's a good so- he directed the uh apparently it's based on a tv show that was in britain Ah, so he he directed that show also. So and it's got Ray Winston in it, and it's got uh, Danny Houston. I mean, it's just a really solidly acted, uh, good little thriller with these great moments of violence. Just and 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 Mel Gibson doing the Boston accent, just 
amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really great. Wow. But anyway, what'd you give Drag to, I mean, not <laughs> Drag to Cross Concrete. What'd you give uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99? 3.25. Just uh, wasn't quite enough in the movie to get it over, sure. over that hump. Right. I think yeah. I gave it a three. I gave it a three also. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, I finally did my Stanley Kubrick list. Our listeners can find that on our blog at filmyakpodcast.com. And the last movie I needed to rewatch was Full Metal Jacket. And uh, so, guys, like, I'm going to introduce something that's probably never been said about this movie before ever. I think that the first half of the movie is very, very, very good, and the second half, not so much. Yeah, no one has ever said that before. Of That's course. interesting. Yeah, I mean... Interesting. Yeah, I'm a pioneer in film criticism. Obviously. This is why you have a podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I mean, and I, I, I know, I know you, you have, you have some disagreements. <clears throat> well, I mean, for me, I, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Full Metal Jacket. I, it's, it would be near the top of his filmography for me. But I, I just, uh, I don't have that issue. I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm totally fine with the idea that there are two halves to the film. I, it's obviously a very, you know, very, very conscious choice. Uh, but beyond that. I like. I think the second half is every bit as good as the first half. I think it's a totally different story, and they're trying to get at different uh, truths about the human condition and about war and about what it does to people. Uh, you know, and and I I just really I I dig it a lot. <laughs> I uh, I mean, there are, I might be able to pick out like two nitpicks about this movie, things that I don't like about it, and everything else is just pitch perfect for me. Uh. But, I mean, I understand your criticism. I understand that. To me, it feels like, it doesn't feel like when most people say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but when most people say, or you can correct me about your your opinion, when most people say they like the first half better than the second half or that the first half is good and the second half is bad, it feels like it's coming from a place of the first half is so tight and strong and clearly focused that by the time you get to the second half, you just want more of that and you're not getting it because now we're kind of in the shit and everything is complicated and confused and we're following, we're following Joker still, but in the first part it wasn't, you're, you're following Joker, but it wasn't really like you're following Joker. You're fo- you know, you're kind of following the drill sergeant and, right. and uh, his, his relationship with pile. So yeah. it's like, it's weird. It's almost like you're thrown into a whole different film and maybe that's kind of the reason that, you know, you think, well, the second half's not as good as the first half, because I mean, maybe maybe that's justifiable. It's more, it's muddier, but I think it's on purpose that it's muddier. I, I think that if uh, if you are just sitting down, turn on the TV, and you like, I don't know, you flip to some channel that's playing this. This is like the kind of thing where I I would stay for the first part, and if this was like eleven o'clock at night, I'd probably turn it off when the second part came on. I do like the second part. But I, I have to, I can't like casually come to this movie right. and stay for it. Uh, it's just like not as rewatchable in that way. I don't disagree the that first the first, is. the first half is clearly the more inter- conventionally entertaining of the two. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. Definitely. It's like, yeah, co- it's like endlessly quotable, and it's been, you know, everybody talks about, you know, Hartman and how 
hilarious his insults are and how dark it gets and you know yeah it's very very memorable way more probably than the rest of it but for me i just like i like the idea like i'm actually like when i was reading the book that it's based on the short timers uh it's i'd say it's mostly uh in in nam you know it's they don't spend a whole lot of time in the training Mm. but it's like the idea of it's going to seem insensitive maybe to like people who were in Vietnam because I'm sure like it was a very real thing to them, you know, but like, uh, and there are really, there are a lot of those listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Well, totally. you know, I don't, I don't, sorry. I'm just saying like, I don't want to come off like an asshole, but like, it's just, I like the, I, I really, really dig the aesthetic of like Vietnam is this very unique war in history. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's got all this, it's wrapped up in the whole like sexual revolution and psychedelia and like, this feels very like mystical and weird and yeah you know people went crazy and it's just like i i that's the kind of shit that really gets me about like a movie like this and a movie uh, like like apocalypse now especially my favorite film of all time so but uh you know and i mean it's 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 those kinds of elements that uh you know really really interest me so right the, like the idea of pile going crazy not nearly as interesting because i can see it happening i'm like well he's going crazy because he's being picked on essentially you know but i can but i like not nearly as interesting to me as like someone going crazy from being in vietnam too long and seeing all the 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 grinding of the death machine you know and like the the crazy guy who has the the dead body here's my friend and we're throwing him a birthday party oh yeah yeah. uh and they get into it a little bit in uh dead presidents where um the character who is played by i forget his name an african-american actor but he uh he cuts the guy's head off and he puts it in his bag and then uh. he just carries it around with him for luck and it starts <laughs> like stinking and the platoon wants him to throw it out and he refuses Ow. but uh yeah it's like the uh, like that's the kind of thing i like the psychological repercussions i think are there i think they're more discussed in films about vietnam than they yeah, are with yeah. other movies like in in world war ii movies it's like oh it's like shell shock and yeah yeah you know you get depressed or you get freaked out and paranoid but it's not like it's not like it's happening in the war it yeah feels like, yeah you know i don't know I, that, I might sound ridiculous but i that's just <laughs> yeah i can definitely see what you're saying it's just uh for me like i think like the first the first half is so much better acted like vincent d'onofrio i think is the best actor in the entire movie like the way like Everything okay about that. everything is about his pile character is just so well done, and like the I think the most powerful scene in the movie is when they all put their soap in the towels and they all mm-hmm. they all beat him up, and like his you know, crying looks very genuine. Yeah, and like that that like really like made me like un like really uncomfortable mm-hmm. even just even just watching it again even though I've seen it before, but like. I think the biggest, like for me, the biggest problem is the character of Joker, because so often he's trying to be this wry, you know, guy with a sense of humor, you know, like I'm the fir- I'm I wanted to be the first kid on my block to get a confirmed kill, and it's like, it's like he's obviously like that's why I said this movie is a hipster, like he's tr- like trying to be trying to show that he has like this you know, sense of humor and sense of irony about everything that's going on. And somehow he knows more about the human condition than anybody else. And like, and like when the, 
when the guy asks him about the peace symbol, like, I don't know, sir. I guess I was supp- trying to say something about the duality of man. It's like, fuck you and your pretend. You, you pretentious. Ugh. Like, I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to die at this point because you're <laughs> such a shithead. So, like, I can't, I cannot look at the character of Joker and follow his journey through the horrors of war because I don't care about him. And consequently, I can't care what happens to him or pretty much anyone else that that he's following through. And I think another thing, like, Stanley Kubrick is a guy who, like, he's very exacting in details. So the technicalities, he probably got very spot on. But the actual, like, human emotion, I think is really missing from all of the second half really I mean there's that one scene where you kind of get it where like the platoon ends up they find the sniper and it's the woman and they shoot her and like none of them wants to be the one who actually like puts her out of her misery and Matthew Modine has this really intense moment where like all of a sudden, he's not a Joker anymore, and et well, that's cetera, like his turn, isn't it? I mean, you can imagine after this, he should have had one a long time before. But he that, never, he never did anything, right? I mean, don't, like, don't you see it that way? Like that, he he is a Joker, like he is a, a pretentious hipster, like kind of a douchebag, yeah. Up until the point when he actually has to get his hands dirty, and he and he's terrible at it. Like he couldn't even get the gun to work, and then Rafterman has to shoot her, and then he finally takes her out and i can see it like after this point like he's done like he's not going to be the same human being at, at all anymore like he won't he won't be the he won't be he'll still be joker because they'll call him joker but he won't right. be, he won't be a joker you know i can definitely see that i just think that kind of character shift should have happened with pile mm-hmm. because like, i could see that i mean yeah, I, I i could agree that like if it happened earlier in the film it might like make more sense but yeah yeah because like that that's the thing like he was you know from a certain point on, he's kind of Pyle's minder mm-hmm. and, you know, he's trying to help him through it. And like towards the end of the boot camp, like Pyle actually becomes the super soldier that Arlie Ermey wants him to be. Sure. And like, so, and then when he like flips out and kills Arlie Ermey, like that should have been that like, the fact that, like, the next time we see Joker, he's just still Joker and, like, you know, goodness knows how long he's, quote-unquote, been in the shit. Well, he hasn't been in the shit. He's just been, you know, he's a newspaper man, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I... that that's why, that's why I gave it such a low rating, because, like, at a certain point, it's like, okay, these are things that are actively making me dislike this movie. So I had to give that one a two. That's your prerogative, bud. It's your list. <laughs> Apo- like, um, Apocalypse Now is still infinitely a better movie. Well, I don't disagree with that. No, no. I do like your list. Um, I like it in the sense that I hate most of it. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do Wait, think... the movies on the list or the no, like your your order of Stanley Kubrick list? <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubrick movies. Yeah. I think that Full Metal Jacket is in the exact correct place. Oh, okay. You're, very, you're both wrong. Very few other things are in the correct place. Places. What would be number one for you? Uh, it would be Doctor Strangelove. Okay. 
Number oh, two? That's, cr- that's <laughs> really? Really? Doctor Strange Love? You don't Number know. one? I know. Two would actually be uh, Eyes Wide Shut for me. Really? Eyes Wide Shut would be up there for me, but yeah. it wouldn't oh. be number two. It, I was, you know, I was, I was looking through, uh, I'm just like, you know, looking at your list, looking at what you've rated each movie. You don't. You don't even like Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't like him at all. <laughs> was, so, not, not particularly. And and so yeah, I was just because uh, you've talked a lot about you know rewatching these movies and making this list. But it was something to it, do. I know. No, you. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta, yeah you no, gotta, I'm not you, saying uh, you did anything wrong. Besides, put movies in the wrong order. <laughs> No, well, it, when you, when you publish your Stanley Kubrick rated list, then we can have a discussion. Yeah, I haven't seen Killer's Kiss yet. I got get on it. Yeah, have I, you uh, seen The Seafarers, his uh, no. industrial documentary film? <laughs> and, and I noticed you didn't include that. I know he didn't. He hasn't seen that. Uh, Killer's Kiss? No, oh, no, no, no. The, oh, the Seafarers. But that wasn't technically a feature, was it? No, it's like no. fifty minutes. I okay, think. so I watched it though. <laughs> We just established I'm not a Kubrick fan, so... <laughs> I actually... I've watched that, but I haven't watched Fear and Desire, which is the disc that it comes on. <laughs> so... I've never seen Lolita, either, or Spartacus. Ah. So I'm very... Uh, I'm out of the out of the circle, but... Right. Anyway. Um, hmm. Well, I, uh, I rewatched Mother Night, which is uh, directed by a guy whose name I can't remember now. Yeah, Jerry, dude. you want to look that up? Uh, starring Nick Nolte and Cheryl Lee of Twin yeah. Peaks fame, um, among others. Oh, Alan Arkin's in this, and I actually I'm surprised I forgot to mention him because he's my favorite part of the movie, probably. John uh, Goodman. John Goodman, yeah, he's he's kind of barely in it, but directed yeah. by Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon, that's right. Yeah. Why does that name sound familiar? He made uh, Waking the Dead with Billy Crudup. Yeah. <laughs> and it's classic. I don't, and the Singing Detective. Oh, Matthew oh. Broderick. Huh? No, it's Robert no, Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, um, this movie is based on a Kurt Vonnegut novel, yeah. uh, which I have not read. But um, It's great. Have you yeah. read it? Yeah. You, you both have? Wow. I uh, think it's probably my favorite of his of his books. Wow. I was like, what did you think of Nick Nolte in this? I think he's amazing. Okay. <laughs> I love Nick Nolte. Okay. And a lot of things. I'm going to get more into just really jerking him off later when I talk about Cape Fear. Uh, Nick Nolte is great in this. Uh, It's just a good, it's a, it's like a solid little seemingly forgotten entirely movie uh, that nobody talks about. I remember seeing the trailer for this on like a VHS copy of some movie that I rented from Blockbuster. Uh. And I feel like I saw the trailer a hundred times before I saw the actual movie. And finally I, broke down and rented the movie and watched it when I was 16 or something and uh, didn't really dig it a whole lot. Didn't appreciate it, I guess, because of, you know, kind of, I guess I was thinking it was more like a spy thriller or something. And it's uh. nothing like that. It's a uh, very, uh, very much a, like a drama about a man, uh, a man's choices during world war two that haunt him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Nolte is a, uh, an American living in Berlin as a playwright, and he uh, agrees to be an American spy during World War II and becomes a uh, racist radio host for the Nazis. Uh, yeah, and it's just kind of about his uh, having to deal with that decision for the rest of his life. And I guess the 
I really I enjoy the movie. I think it's good. I really, really, really like any scene with just Nick Nolte and Alan Arkin, like hanging out and talking is amazing. Alan Arkin is ridiculously natural. Like he's just, mm. he feels like just like a, a person, like he's not acting at all, you know? <laughs> and, um, I love the turn with his character where it goes. Uh, Cheryl Lee is, I, I, I almost said like, she's surprisingly good, but she's actually, she's good. Like, yeah, she's a good actress. When you watch Firewalk with me, like she's doing, that's pretty crazy brave difficult performance and she's pulling it off so i mean she's a good actress i feel like she's just been in some stuff that's like you know you watch vampires and she's not you know she's not great in vampires but it's <laughs> what she had to work with so yeah, yeah um not that vampires isn't a good movie it's fine but uh yeah i don't know it's a solid solid picture yeah uh i didn't i mean i'm not like in love with it but i i definitely enjoyed it i'm glad i rewatched it uh it had been a long time so yeah and it got kind of got me on a Nick Nolte kick. I'm uh, really looking forward to watching some other stuff that I've got uh, queued up. Extreme Prejudice and uh, Affliction, which neither of which have I seen, and especially Affliction because uh, wanting to see more Schrader. Have you seen any other uh, Kurt Vonnegut movies? I've seen uh, Slaughterhouse Five, mm-hmm. which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I I like the book. Yeah. I think uh, George Roy Hill directed that, which yeah. is weird. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't. I guess it was just kind of like the book is so like I don't feel like it's something that you would be easily adaptable. Um, yeah, and I think it shows in the movie. Yeah. Not the movie's not terrible or anything. It's just not they adapted it into a rival. That was okay. Did they? No. Oh, are you <laughs> making a joke? Yeah. I, I liked. I liked the rival. <laughs> I did too. Oh, you mean arrive? Oh, arrival with uh, Amy Adams. I thought you meant the arrival with Charlie Sheen. No, <laughs> <laughs> I liked the arrival more no, no, than arrival. Ar- uh, arrival, okay. <laughs> arrival with Amy Adams has a similar uh, alien. I guess situation. So, the, the whole time thing. I mean, yeah, that's, that's oh, a good yeah. point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, I don't. I can't think of anything else. Is there another? Yeah, like, uh, Breakfast of Champions. Breakfast I didn't, of I didn't Champions. See it. I yeah. haven't seen that one because it looks fucking stupid. Right. And I really, I really liked Breakfast of Champions. So I was like. I'm not going to watch this because this looks like shit. Probably is going to be shit. What else? Um, I can't think of anything else. That's been did they ever, yeah, I don't think Cat's so. Cradle. Did maybe? they ever make a movie of Cat's Cradle? I, I think they tried. Or like they were like somebody like Netflix was going to do it or something. Some no, streaming service or Amazon. Or That'll something. probably happen in the next couple of years. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like uh, like the funny thing about Mother Night is like like it's one of his books that I feel like is probably like the least quirky. You know, yeah, it uh, seems like way more straight. serious than yeah, uh, yeah. some and, of his other stuff. Yeah, and I think like when he turned his hand at that, like it was like really really well done. Like, I think just, he said. I think I watched an interview with him and Nick Nolte on the set of the film uh, on the DVD, and uh, I want to say he says it's his favorite book that he ever wrote. Right. So. You know, that's cool. saying something, I guess. Yeah. All right. I gave it a three and a half. Cool. I was, I, and, and I'll be honest, I was fluctuating. I was almost at a four with it, but I was just like, oh, you know, yeah, I got three and a half. <laughs> All right. I watched a, uh, a French movie from 1975 on movie, Let Joy Reign Supreme by uh, Bertrand Tavernier. He made a coup de torsion is on the Criterion Collection. I don't know. Might be his only, his only well-known movie. Who knows? 
Um, I don't know. This uh, this plot sounded interesting, and uh, the screen cap had people in weird masks, so I decided, nice. let's do this. You can't lose with weird let's masks. And? Uh, you lost? No. Okay. No. Just, <laughs> uh, cool masks stay, uh, stay undefeated. All right. It was a... Uh, it was cool. It's like just a, a movie about French nobles behaving like really poorly, uh, it, it, behaving misbehaving. Sure. Um, like wherein, like a, a king has like a king has died, and there's like a, a young king, so he has a, he has a regent that has all the power. There's like this atheist bishop who's just trying to do whatever he can to get more power, become archbishop, and eventually become pope. There's like this weird asshole noble trying to start a rebellion with no resources and What's this no, movie everyone called hates again? him let joy reign supreme i thank you and it's just uh it's like a lot of laugh out loud ah. nonsense with uh with some costume work that probably should have won an oscar nice if anyone you know had given a shit about this movie in 1975 which i imagine they did not of course but, not yeah because I mean, barry you know, linden was 75 wasn't it uh, yeah. Did Barry Lyndon win, Lyndon win the costume? I think Oscar? it did. I believe it did as yeah. well. You know, like actually, costumes and cinematography. Definitely won cinematography. I might take that back. I, I don't know if I want to <laughs> like say this has better costumes than uh, Barry than Lyndon. Barry Lyndon, but well, this at least a nomination. Yeah, yeah. This this had some really cool uh, looking stuff in it. Right. And uh, also uh, art direction, set decoration. All right. And there's just yeah. There's um. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about, you know, two hour, almost two hours of just watching French nobles be assholes and treat each other terribly. But it, right. was, uh, it was really funny. And it never, never takes itself really seriously. A lot of characters are constantly moving in and out of, uh, of the story. It was, uh, it was cool. I give it a four. I, awesome. was, uh, I was really happy with this. Cool. Uh, finally got around to watching Call Me By Your Name. Uh, oh, uh, Nicole told me to tell you you're an idiot because <laughs> you gave it a three. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler but. alert. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> on his letterbox. I, I mean, if you want to. See yeah, it. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Letterboxed uh, Kevin Quizboy. <laughs> um, I for one thing, I thought it was way too long. Two hours and ten minutes was entirely too long for this movie. Um, decently acted, but I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I, I was just like, okay. Well, when two people well, fall whatever. in love, they like to spend time together and, uh. Yeah, but it takes them like an hour and a half to fall in love and then like 15 minutes to be together and then like another half hour for him to be sulking and. So it's uh, not okay for Woody Allen to date a 17 year old, but it's okay for. <laughs> For Army this Hammer? guy too, yeah. <laughs> Army Hammer's not seventy, so. Well, Woody and he's Allen way more attractive than Woody Allen. Five. <laughs> he's way more. He, he's attractive, so that's okay. Yeah, they're both good looking. Obviously, I, yeah. You know, I think. I mean, uh, yeah, I won't mean to interrupt you, but I do find that part a little weird, and not cre- creepy is not the right word, but I think it's less. I think, and this might. This is probably, uh, uh, you know, machismo, but it's like. Or sexist, but it's like it feels like it's less of a problem because they're both men. Interesting, you know. Maybe I, in my yeah. mind, it, it, honestly, I've never even crossed one my of, mind. Yeah. One of them's a boy. I know, but I'm saying they're both yeah. they're both male. Is it? Yeah, as, and uh, they're and both and they're both clearly. It's not like he's a you know an 11 year old boy or something. You know, 
yeah, yeah. Not that and that it, makes it okay. I agree. Like that's a it's a weird, but also he's also what is he seventeen? I mean that's uh, yeah, that's age of consent in a lot of places in so. Louisiana. Yeah, in Louisiana. Yeah. So and also it's in it's in Europe. So like they have they have very they drink diff- beer when they're sixteen in Europe. You know? Yeah, they. I mean they have well they have different standards. They, yeah. they do and right. and also like it's very much like Timothy Chalamet is like he's really trying to he's just so enamored with Army Hammer and Army's kind of like. You know, I'll I'll go along with this. You know, like I don't I don't think he was ever like really like really into Timothy Chalamet's character, but like it was definitely Timothy Chalamet who was like, I want this dude. You know, whether it whether it's some kind of like you know summer fling fantasy, you know, like having having sex with a visiting grad student, whatever. But like, I think that's where the real difference comes in. That you know you know makes it less creepy like timothy is really just hard up pun maybe intended i mean he's 17 he wants to but yeah, he, yeah he fucks yeah. that girl too i think he's just confused and and very oh, for very sure. horny yeah know? i mean yeah he just he just wants to get it all the time there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. it's perfectly natural for yeah, a 17 yeah. year old boy to want to you know fuck a peach and everything you know? yeah <laughs> And I mean, like, yeah, like, because, like, you look at it, it's it's, it's very, it's very much, like, this is, like, yes, it's set in the real world and there's no fairies, but this is a fantasy movie. Like, this is a fantasy romance. I, yeah, I don't know, I guess. I don't know if I agree with that. What's fantastical about it? Good-looking grad student comes to spend the summer with him, and, oh, wow, he's beautiful. I mean, by then fall And then... You know, he falls in love with them, and they right. get, and they have sex. And By like, that rationale, Jerry Maguire is a fantasy movie. I mean, like I like all movies that have good-looking people in them who fall in love are fantasy movies. That's that doesn't make any sense. Come on, you really don't think this makes sense? Like to call it a fantasy a summer, film? A no. summer, <laughs> not a not a hard. I know fantasy. what you're saying. I know what like, you're saying. But this is a a fantastic. This is a like a it might be like a, a sexual fantasy. I mean, yeah, it's a sex. Okay, yeah, it's a, sure, sure. Some people yeah, have had a fantasy about meetings, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that you would meet somebody this way. No, not at right. all. But it happens. Yes. Yeah. Grad school students do go to places like yes, this, especially yes. ones who are doing the archaeological or whatever the fuck they're doing. Uh, yeah, of course. The Greek stat. The, uh, honestly, this film is to me. It was just extremely charming and uh, very entertaining, and I thought it was beautifully shot. And I really just was like just bowled over by uh, the three main actors, uh, like uh, Chalamet and Army Hammer and Michael Stuhlbarg. And the, yeah, the yeah. last, this, the penultimate scene of Stuhlbarg's conversation with Chalamet just uh, really just pushed it over the top for me. I mean, that's what that kind of is what I like the idea that there's no conflict between them about it. There's no, right, you know, right. it's not a situation where they could have been so easy to 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 make this guy unhappy that his son was having some kind of gay situation or yeah, a yeah. gay love affair but he's just completely like understanding and he's just the greatest dad of all time <laughs> yeah. this, this uh beautiful scene between the two of them and yeah. Uh, yeah, again talking about stuhlbarg just completely yeah, yeah completely underrated sure. he's amazing yes he yeah he was my favorite part of this movie mm-hmm. yeah and i, I wanted down. him to get nominated for an award yeah. yeah but they don't give a fuck about about him yeah I'm, you know i was hoping maybe like he had Three. Oh, he's in a lot of three shit, roles yeah. and yeah. three acclaimed movies. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was the lead in a serious man, which like, you know, Cohen brothers, you would think that would like get him like kind of on the radar, but that was what I think that got him on the radar. I mean, well, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got well, a lot of work. The, from I mean, it. that's yeah, yeah. why he was in three best picture nominees last year. Right. True. True. He was in boardwalk empire for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, was great. And he's fantastic in that. Yeah. He's just a, he's, he's a very good, yeah, he's, he's a character he's actor. Good. He's a, he, yeah, I think he's just, yeah. uh, he hasn't made the, he's not, he's not Michael Shannon's. It's like Michael Shannon's not a huge name either. Right. But he's a lot bigger than Michael Stuhlbarg. Right. You know? Right. Like most people aren't going to know who Michael <laughs> Stuhlbarg is. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you're listening to this show, you probably should. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, and you gave that a three, three unfortunate uh <laughs> again sorry nicole no nah, she's she just kidding around <laughs> yeah i watched next of kin directed by john irvin uh been meaning to watch this since i watched uh his masterpiece city of industry a few <laughs> weeks back and just a great great crime thriller next of kin uh it, i can't say that about it. it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen um yeah. it's like pitifully bad uh uh there's no i'll say this about it okay you watch the trailer for this thing, and you will think this is a you know, you got Patrick Swayze in there. You got he's a cop. There's guns. There's people. She's mafia people. You'd think it's an action movie. There is literally not a blood squib in this movie until an hour and a half in. That's, I mean, that's the definition of action movie. Uh, is there a blood squib? Give me a fucking break, Jr. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Tell me when the first blood squib in uh, Die Hard happens. It's in the first 20 minutes. I mean, that's what you do. You start a film and you get to the action. This that's movie not is, fair, though, because that's John McTiernan. I mean, that's, not, that's neither here nor there. It's nothing I've been do. Well, I mean, we'll talk about Ricochet. Ricochet has yeah, yeah. some amazing blood squibs in the first 10 minutes of the movie. I mean, it's, just, it's what it is. It's like you, you make a movie exciting. This movie is the opposite of exciting. It's fucking boring and it's long and Liam Neeson is ridiculous in it he's got this ridiculous accent and oh yeah so there there are like a lot of people in oh this yeah movie. everybody's in this movie right yeah. helen hunt really what? weird that she's in this she plays uh patrick swayze's wife this is also patrick swayze probably the worst performance i've ever seen by him like he's terrible in it when like, was this? he has like a 1989 he has like a natural kind of like drawl you know to his voice right, right. but he like puts on even more in this movie because he's supposed to be from Kentucky. So he like, oh, it's God. really, it's brutal, man. That's, and mm. there's this terrible action sequence at the end where he's shooting everybody with arrows. And it's just, it's really not good at all. The whole movie is about like, it's like a revenge story. His brother is killed. His brother's Bill Paxton. He's killed by the mafia and he's a cop. And Liam Neeson is also his brother and he wants to come and kill the mafia people. And, He's like, I, I'm a cop. I can't let you do that. And then they, they fight about it and stuff. And it's just fucking terrible. I can't say enough bad things. Is Interestingly, it, though, I will say this, that uh, if it, just as an oddity, uh, an early performance from Ben Stiller as the Mafia Don's son. Wow. So, you know, kind of interesting if you're interested in seeing uh, Ben Stiller playing totally straight. Uh, not funny at all. Just a weird, weird role for him. Yeah. Uh. Is this a period piece? Like it takes no, place. It takes place in 1989. Really? Yeah. Just looking at the movie poster, it yeah. doesn't look. Oh, it like looks that. like a western or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's not. Or like a 30s movie. No, it's it's in the present day. He's driving a Trans Am. <laughs> I also like. This, it sounds like some weird amalgamation of Tombstone and uh, Walking Tall. I like that the letterbox uh, plot description of this says Briar 
parentheses, a hillbilly, <laughs> decides to find the killer himself. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for setting that up for me, Letterbox. Yeah. yeah. Or they, whoever wrote this summary. It's uh, it's very. I can't speak low enough of it. In fact, the the I gave it a half a star, and the half a star is for that first blood squib, which is amazing. It's a uh, Liam spoiler. Liam Neeson gets shot in the arm. And blood like sprays over the wall behind him. It's amazing. It still looks great. And right when that happened, I was like, "Okay, now we're getting somewhere. This is great." <laughs> so, but it just grinds to a halt after that again. So, real quick Ouch. tangent. I really feel like when you guys hate a movie, you have to give it a half star. Like even if you want to be like it's zero to ten, but if you if you log something and you don't rate it, we just like I don't know. It, you you can't see the hatred. But if you, you rate it, if star. you rate it nothing. And then you write in the review okay, yeah. zero out of five. Right, right. You can write a review. Or if you write half stars, zero out of five, which I think is what I did for uh, that movie that was terrible, the Marilyn Manson movie. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm never, I would never just not rate something and be like, you should assume I hate this because I didn't rate it because I don't rate like short films and shit. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, And I don't hate all <laughs> of like, them. I, d- I didn't give a zero out of five to every short film exactly. I've ever watched. Right, exactly. right. <laughs> or like I, re- I rewatched um, Good Time with the, the director's commentary and I didn't rate that. You know, but it's not because I hate it. It's just because I didn't really watch the movie. Yeah. I was listening to the commentary. Right. right. But anyway, uh, next to Kin's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. Sorry about that. Sorry. I watched a not piece of shit last night. It was fucking awesome. I fucking loved this but so much. I cannot, I cannot get off the Ken Russell train. Hell yeah. Ah. Um, I've been waiting to watch this like for years. I can't believe it took you this long. I don't, it's just like, it's one of those movies that was like, I, you know, this is, it's so famous. It's so controversial. Like everyone has seen this. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to get to it one day. And I finally got to it on a Thursday evening. And I'm, now I just want to watch it again. I watched, I watched the devils people. It's great. I watched the devils. Fucking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, a rare. And I should say too, when I saw your rating, a very rare five out of five yeah, for, for right. JR here. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't dole them out lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would let Oliver Reed fuck me right now. <laughs> if I could. He is just like, he is just sex in this movie. It was fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even like, I can see why this was controversial. Uh, at the time, I don't, <laughs> I don't see why it's not on DVD or easily accessible to me on Blu-ray. Like, I need this on Blu-ray. I need to own it. What criterion? What are you doing putting out Thank Women you. in Love? Thank you, and Tommy, yeah, yeah. and not putting out The Devils. Right. Like, we need this. Yeah. Uh, or actually, I mean, just keep putting out all of Ken Russell's movies. I'm okay with that. Not, not all of them. You know, Layer you know what I mean. Criterion. You know yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> white you worm. Please gothic. Nah. Please don't put out horror on Criterion. Horror. <laughs> <That was laughs> That was not a good use of my time. Oh, right. boy. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> dude. Uh, but Oliver Reed just, like, He's can sell any line. So he plays a priest who eventually gets accused of witchcraft. And this guy is not a good priest. But he is. <laughs> he's not really a good guy. But he is not guilty of witchcraft. You know, he's guilty of, like, being a dick to, you know, the authority above him. He's guilty of having lots of sex, but uh, he's not guilty of possessing these crazy-ass nuns with uh, with demons and signing a pact with Lucifer. Actually, 
ended up doing like some some reading on Wikipedia about this uh, priest, and it sounds really interesting. I think I might read the uh, Aldous Huxley book that uh, that's about this guy. I think I own that book. I've been meaning to read it for a long yeah. time. Is it called like the Demons, the, the Devils, Devils of, of Loudon? Loudon? Yeah, Loudon. Yeah. Okay, but like all this poetic dialogue that Oliver Reed has, he just he sells it effortlessly. Like I don't I don't know any other actor off the top of my head that could do what he does in this film. It's, Probably, it's perfect. I mean, him and Billy Paxton are going to be it, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's just uh, all of the stuff that Ken Russell does. He's got, like, you know, the crazy-ass uh, dream fantasy sequences again, which is, like, all the imagery I've seen, like, in um, just, you know, throughout my years of reading film blogs and stuff has pretty much come from those sequences. But, uh, like, the sets are all crazy and insane-looking, like, yeah, it's like churches. this sci-fi almost kind of influence yeah. on like everything's metal. There's a lot strangely. of metal and there's yeah. a lot of like sterile space. It's uh, is very strange. A lot of like white and black together. Uh, it's it was it, yeah. I can't even I can't even talk about it. I don't are know there, how to talk about. It. Are there other just just uh, and both of you uh, can answer this. I don't know. I'm I'm not a like before I saw this film. Never heard of Oliver Reed, never seen anything he's in. And I was like, this guy is fantastic. Like, he's got to be, like, I must have just missed everything that he's in. He's got to be in all kinds of shit. But, like, I think I remember looking up his filmography and not really, like, recognizing much of it. I mean, he's. Yeah, a lot of Ken Russell. uh, He was in the version of Oliver that they made in the late 60s. And that's not great. No, I mean Fagin is good in that one, but the movie itself, eh, not so much. Yeah, and he's in the like those uh, those seventies Three Musketeers movies, and he's okay. Those are s- stupid. Yeah, I mean, is there, like, yeah, it them. seems like a lot of that kind of like genre stuff and like you know fantasy adventure and, kind of and shit. He was right. He was a popular actor who was in these you know yeah. blockbusters and things. Trying so to this is kind of like a, a a side project for him almost, like a, or like a, a detour from his normal Maybe. career path. I mean. I I don't know a lot about uh, like how big of a deal Women in Love was. I think it it was a decently big one. It got some Oscar nominations and stuff. But I think that was a uh, you know that was like a pretty arty movie. Mm. I, I think he stayed in that realm for at least part of his career. Mm. Or maybe maybe he only did it with Ken Russell. I don't know. Yeah, I also I've not seen very many movies with him. He's in The Brood apparently. Oh jeez! I didn't wow. know that. I didn't see the brood. I don't remember him in the brood. Me but, neither. Um, yeah, props to Vanessa Redgrave in the Devils for her just like crazy head tilt and just like every <laughs> everything about what happens in the second half of this movie is just like warped with these public exorcisms and uh, how everyone is just watching. It's a uh, it's horrifying. It's a little hard to watch, except you can't look away because it's amazing. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say about this. The score is awesome. It's like this dissonant jazz mm. that, you know, and it, it ramps up at pretty obvious parts of the movie, but it works. And, uh, man, that's it. This is, uh, awesome. this is a five out of five. I'm going to watch it Whoa. again. Nice. How, uh, how did you watch this? Did you Illegally. Did, did you download it from that, that, that yeah. one site? Okay. Yeah, three parts, two hours oh, each Jesus part. I, brutal, I worked man. worked to get this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I I think I uh used Pirate Bay to get it, but and it's, uh, it's been a while. Mine is not 
as good of quality I thought it would be. So I I want uh, you should I need wa- a you should well yeah I think there is a, a European I think it's on Blu-ray in Europe. Do you have a European player? Do you have mm-hmm. a region free free player? No, but I looked at them. They're not they're not expensive. Uh-huh. Forty bucks. I mean, that's oh, not bad. Yeah, I I was seriously considering it uh, when um God what movie was it that I I really wanted <laughs> and, I, and uh it must have been a, a Lynch film of some one of his but. I remember uh, looking at them really hard and thinking about it, but then just being like, you know, I don't want to get into this because then I'll buy a bunch of these European Blu-rays and then they'll all come to Criterion. They'll all come to Arrow. There's any number of like Twilight Times, any number of yeah. these, these boutique labels popping up everywhere that are yeah. releasing obscure shit. So yeah, just wait, you know, everything's going to be on Blu-ray eventually or digital 4K or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So that was a, uh, that's actually that's it for me. Okay. Well, I watched, I've only uh, got I watched two a few more. other things, but I don't want to get into those things because they weren't good. I that's was, I that's a, okay. I had a terrible yeah. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of pretty low ratings for you. Yeah. 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 Kevin? Besides the devils. <laughs> uh, I rewatched Creed. Um, any of you guys watch uh, Red Dwarf? No. Okay. Then... I watched one scene of it where it was very funny. Uh one of the characters uh, is yelling at another character for making art, and he's like, this painting, this is rubbish. And the guy says, it's a mirror. <laughs> yes. uh, that was really funny. Yeah. But uh, that's, that was like 15 years ago, so I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, um, I like this movie a whole lot more than, than I remember liking it uh, the first time I saw it. Um. Is there a connection to Red Dwarf that you're going to get? Well, so, okay, well. Out of nowhere. Just feel like Red Dwarf? No? Okay. Well, I like Creed. Uh. Well, no, the connection is, the connection actually goes to wrestling. Like, okay. This is wild, uh, man. This is a weird ride. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird, wild stuff. Yeah. Um, so, there's a wrestler from Liverpool. Where um, Creed's main opponent in the movie is from. Oh, okay. So, like, so in the, so this wrestler, Zach Gibson, he's a heel. So he, like, literally every time he comes out, he comes and he does the same promo putting, you know, trying to, like, make out, like, you know, that he's the greatest in the world. And, um, and, like, he actually, like, really leans into his Liverpool or quote-unquote scouse accent and so like he's like soon to be recognized as the world's greatest i am liverpool's number one and so like every time that guy was speaking in creed i'm I'm like i'm giggling to myself (laughs) like yeah my father worked down in the docks and yeah what what is the connection to red dwarf (laughs) uh Red Dwarf is Just how that it's, liver, it's in it's Red in Dwarf English is how series. I Red Dwarf is how I realized that like so like the crowd would start chanting when Zach Gibson was speaking like you scouse bastard you scouse bastard and so I was watching a behind the scenes thing on Red Dwarf and scouse is a word for Liverpudlians. I see. I see. I don't know if it's derogatory, so I could have just lost us our entire Liverpool listening base. Well, I apologize we'll to the good some, people we'll of Liverpool. We'll play some Beatles later. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as the outro music. Yes. Uh, but yes, 
Creed is very well done. Mm. I think it doesn't get nearly the credit as it deserves. Um, the best Rocky movie. Done. Out. Yeah, that's what I said. You got a problem? <laughs> Sorry. My my face was surprised. It wasn't anger. <laughs> not actually, I was, actually, I was just going to ask, like, do you guys consider this as part of the, the Rocky canon? If it is, I think it's the best I one. I, I'm not a big fan of Rocky, though, so I, don't, I didn't like the first one. I mean, I, I can totally. Like, I, I, th- like, I like Rocky Four more than the first Rocky. Rocky, <laughs> like, of the Rocky movies, yeah. Rocky Four is the best. Yeah, it's just more, it's just a it's lot the more f- fun. It's the yeah. most fun, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, like, yeah, it definitely goes, like, Rocky Four, Creed. And then whatever else. Yeah, what I, don't I heard Rocky Balboa is pretty good, but I never saw it. I thought it was okay. Um, it's pretty good, but yeah. I don't. Are there any of them? I think they're all pretty good. I've least. heard. I mean, a lot of people yeah, think the first decent. one is like a masterpiece. I don't know, like a, the, well, those, the the sports drama of all those time. Those people are ridiculous. Well, did win the Oscar. They just like Best jogging up stairs. That's I like actually yeah, like. Yeah. I like. Uh, Avilton's Karate Kid a lot more than I like Rocky. Yeah, the yeah. first Karate Kid way better than Rocky. Yeah, I can. I've been meaning to rewatch all three of the Karate Kid movies. I well, have them. Get ready because the second and third one are terrible, but the first one's great. Oh, I know. I, I've seen <laughs> the all. The third one's fun, though. The third one is, is, is so goofy, it's fun. The second <laughs> right. one's just like self serious and really terrible. Yeah, and boring. yeah. You should, over the course of uh, 12 or nine weeks, make us a oh, yeah. deep dive each Karate Kid movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, right. Well, my pick this week's going to be Karate. Done, uh, the next Karate Kid? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hillary Swank? I've never seen yeah. two or three or the remake. Yeah. Right, have you seen the next Karate Kid? No. With Hilary Swank as the next Karate Do Kid? Do I need to? No, you don't. No. Okay. At all. Yeah. But Creed is very, very, very good. Yeah, and, I, I enjoyed it. And I'm very much looking forward to Fahrenheit 451 because I think... That's uh, coming on tonight. No, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. good, good. On oh, HBO. So yeah. it should be available nice. yeah, so uh, Mike, to uh, Michael Pirate B. Jordan. Very soon. Like, he's, he's very, very great in it. And... Yeah, I like Stallone a lot, and I thought he was turning a really good, uh, yeah, you know, pretty great performance. I think he's really a very capable actor when he gets the right material. He's For sure, unfortunate that he's chosen a life of uh, action pictures. Well, you know, not some of them are okay, but yeah, most of them are terrible. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you know, like we talked about rant, uh, First Blood. First Blood a while, a while yeah. back. Yeah, like First Blood is five out of five. After that, it goes down yeah, very, I mean, very I like, quickly. I like, I mean, I'm like a, uh, you know, Demolition Man is fun. I like that. And yeah, uh, yeah. maybe even like Tango and Cash I, ha- I have fun with. But yeah, like yeah. there, But just some of his other shit, like Cobra is really ridiculous. And uh, it's brutal. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. I think uh, he did a movie called Daylight in the mid 90s, which was a real piece of shit. Uh, is that the tunnel one? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. I it's always bad. <laughs> I always really wanted to see that. It's really uh, goofy. Uh but anyway. What about uh Judge Dredd? Oh yeah, that's not for me. I don't know. I saw I've seen it probably it ten times. Anyone? I don't know. <laughs> Some people probably why, like it. I don't why know. have you seen that ten times? I saw it when I was a kid, I loved it, you know. It used to come on T V all the time. When you're a kid, you know, you you get infatuated with those kinds of cartoony, you know. Yeah, there's no such thing as comic book movies back then. It was like this was a comic book movie. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like you watch this because it's got Rob Schneider and he's funny and you know you don't yeah, yeah. you don't know any better. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw that, like someone had to tell me what a cannibal was. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't know that part was really creepy to me too. That whole scene with yeah, with the cannibals yeah. and I'm sure it's just completely ridiculous now. But probably. yeah, yeah. 
but uh yeah at the time it was very effective <laughs> yeah and like i maintain that uh judge judge dread is more faithful to the actual comic material than dread dread is an amazing fucking movie but judge like the, well, that's the comic yeah. the comic of judge like but i mean the, you know like the, comic book nerds like right, yeah. i like that's one thing i refuse to get into you know like whether it's marvel or dc whatever i'm just watching the movies let me have some fun but uh, but I have read some of the Judge Dread and like, there's I mean there's a fucking robot with a speech impediment. Sure. Wally, I mean, Wally the Wobot. The Judge Dread comic is ridiculous. That's, yeah, and, and it's I supposed to be. It's Dredd a satire. Was, Dredd was trying to get it more like a yeah, straight yeah. actioner, you know. Kind yeah, of, for sure. They don't get lost in the whole mythos of the. That's why I think if they made a second one, it would probably be a nightmare because they'd probably dive yeah, a lot yeah. deeper into all that shit. Yeah. But um, anyway. Yes. Uh, I I rewatched Cape Fear mainly because uh, it's the the remake Cape Fear uh, mainly because it's uh, so similar in plot to Ricochet and it was, apparently Ricochet was released five weeks before Cape Fear in '91 and uh, obviously didn't do nearly as well. Mm. But uh, Cape Fear rules. It's just uh, Scorsese. It's like he's just completely. Like there's no pretension in Cape Fear. Like it's just absolute B movie trashy fun, with just amazingly good performances that are almost like they're too good. Like they're like they're almost trying too hard. Like De Niro's almost like <laughs> like he's so good in this, and him and Nick Nolte, like Nolte and Lang and their marital drama. Like there's no reason that that shit should be in this movie. <laughs> And if anybody else did that, it would probably be a total disaster. But it totally works. And uh, he Scorsese manages to like link it back to the drama of the the main conflict, and uh, it's just excellent. Like it's just a really fun movie, really fun to watch, very easy to watch. Uh, could watch it again today, you know. Uh, Joe Don Baker hysterical oh, yeah. <laughs> in it <laughs> when he's like telling about how he should he's Dick Nolte says I want a gun and he says okay I'm gonna get you a 38 snub nose special he goes later on we'll go out to the woods to shoot some trees <laughs> <laughs> he's just great and um oh man Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck do their little cameos and they're both great in it especially Gregory Peck's ridiculous uh he plays the lawyer who's like quoting the bible and shit it's really funny nice and yeah I don't know I I you know it's probably been talked about to death, but it's just a great, great movie. Very extremely well directed. Actually, reminded me a lot of his stuff reminded me of like Sam Raimi too. I wonder if he was like genuinely influenced by <laughs> Sam Raimi's films because <laughs> like there's a lot of crash zooms and like canted angles and shit in this. I mean, not that like Sam Raimi's the only person who does that, but it it, it just reminded me a lot of like you know Army of Darkness and Evil Dead and. Um, even like you know, crime wave or earlier shit like that. But it's just like very, very uh, strange to see Scorsese going that kind of mm. like a cartoon almost, you know, but it all works and it's very dark too. It's weird how dark it gets like, but it's, but it never feels like it's never gross. Like you're never like, Oh, this is so dis-. it's not disturbing. It's just extremely dark. Like he wants to rape these two women in front of Nick Nolte. But for some reason, you're, you know, yeah, you're repulsed by De Niro and he's the bad guy, but it's not like you're ever like, 
oh fuck like i need a shower after this one you know right i don't know it's just very it's very um working very well within its mood and genre and everything it's an excellent picture four and a half cool and uh do you have another one I have uh, quite a few. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. You want to pick one? This one. Uh, <laughs> shit. I'll... We're literally, see. like... You have you have one more? We're almost two hours in here. Okay. I have uh, one, I have one guys, more. I, All right. Uh, I, cur- I curse this podcast with length. I don't know Well, what the deal is. I don't know. We, we had time, so... Is we have less people today, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think this is the longest what we watch section ever, and we have yeah. less people. I don't know how that happened. Okay, I'll just talk about uh, three real quick. Okay. Uh, rewatched uh, Hunt for Red October. That was really, really good. I I would like to see it on Blu-ray because the DVD looked pretty bad. But, uh, like, John McTiernan, you know, one of the, one of the greatest. The greatest. Uh, let's see. I went over to Perkins Row on Wednesday to watch Sunset Boulevard. That was fucking amazing. Like, just next level good on, like, everything that was going on in that movie. You know what's and, fantastic about that is that um, I watched that movie. I like I liked it a lot when I was younger. I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, when I was in high school, I watched it a lot. And I was in the middle of uh, watching a lot of biblical films. Right, yeah. And uh, I was really, really into Samson and Delilah, the DeMille f- film with Victor Mature. Mm-hmm. And that movie's got uh, Cecil B. DeMille, and it's also yeah, got yeah. the actor who plays um, the villain in, in Samson and Delilah, whose name I can't recall. But uh, And they're, like, shooting a scene from Samson and Delilah. And I was, like, right, really yeah. I was like, this is so fucking cool. There's, yeah. like, this connection to it's like insane the amount. It's insane the amount of connections that are in this movie because, like, DeMille is in it, Buster Keaton is in it. Uh, Eric Von Roheim, like he was like, well, like when they're watching one of her old movies, um, like Von Roheim was the guy who directed Gloria Swanson in that movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, like so, like like all the people, all like, all of her waxworks were like legit um, silent film stars, and yeah, it's it's very like. Would you call this through the looking glass? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Sunset Boulevard fucking ruled. Although, like, I I want to try to find some point when they're showing these movies where, like, hopefully I can go where there's less people. Cause were there a lot of people? There were quite a few. And, like... Shocking, actually. Yeah. Well, and, like, there were quite a few for Vertigo when I went to see that. And, like, there was this one, like... There was this one old lady to my right when I saw Vertigo. She was just being the biggest cunt, and uh, like, damn. And like when I saw when I saw Sunset Boulevard, like there was a lady sitting next to me. Like she pulled her phone out, and I'm of like, course, Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. And it's always the older ladies, yeah. Too. It's the older men and women who who think yeah. that they own the movie because they. Yeah, so I, I saw this movie when I was younger. Yeah, this is an yeah. old movie. You don't know anything about this. Yeah, I really fucking hate that. For real. Um, but yeah, so hopefully next time I try to go to one of these Perkins Row showings of a classic movie, there will be less people. You should really try to check out the um, 
they screen a lot of classics at uh, the movie tavern, and people don't seem to realize that it happens. So like, oh, we, like okay. we went and saw The Shining, and there was when no one there. When do they do there. that? It's uh, they'll do like month series of them, so they'll do like four in a month. And uh, so, but they're not like putting that shit. There's in their no previews. way to there's no way to know unless you go to movie tavern and walk down into like go buy a ticket, go to your theater, and there'll be a poster on the wall. And it'll say what movies they're going to show. I swear, swear to God. So they're, they just, they're they just running these for the employees? Like, I, Essentially, yeah. Because <laughs> we went to see The Shining and there's nobody there. And it's like, there's no way. Like, if The shine, if the people knew The Shining was playing, right. someone would show up. Yeah, I would go. I've Exa- never seen that right. in the theater. I want to go. Exactly. I'm not even a big fan of the movie and yeah. I would see it in the theater. Yeah. Sucks, so it's like, I want to see it. I want, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, well, I want to see, I want to hear uh, Wendy Carlos' score on a big sound system. The only time when I went there for uh, one that was an older film and it was packed was uh uh the christmas movie what's it called the the jimmy stewart one wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life yeah that one was packed but obviously because it was christmas time and it was right like, right right you know the people brought their families to Why see it you and go shit. To that? my I you hate that movie I, uh, that's the only time i've seen it i did hate okay. it uh, oh okay but my uh my my wife's aunts wanted to go oh, okay. so we went with them right and they were like it's so good you'll love it and i was just like this is the worst i gotta get out of here yeah <laughs> And, uh, okay, so last last one on the list. I rewatched Jackie Brown last night. This movie is a six out of five. <laughs> and it's, like, one of the few things that Jonathan and I can really agree on. Hmm. It's I easy, it. easy Tarantino's best. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's, like, I really... <laughs> are we, no, no, I'm about to say, are we in a world where people are not agreeing with that? Like, I don't think I so. I feel like... At this point, I think we all have to say it's the best. I don't think so. They're, I think most people. I think most people would would would, they would barely acknowledge its, its existence. And yeah. I, I don't think most people would say it's Pulp Fiction. I think most people who are our age would say Pulp Fiction. Most people who are coming up would say like Inglorious Bastards. This is best film. It's ridiculous. I agree. But I mean, Inglorious is up there. There's nothing Django wrong with is up it. There, but, but but Jackie Brown is the best. I, yeah, for me, it's just like Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dogs, and then everything else is kind of like borderline forgettable for me i don't yeah. i don't really care about anything else that he's done tarantino but, um, is the next list I mean, and pulp fiction do, so. sorry those those three but the yeah. the rest of them are uh like everything like post jackie brown is kind of i i, I don't i'm not i'm not a big fan of his working in uh the homage you know every every movie's the same you know it's a rape revenge or re- revenge revenge or whatever it is you know it's, yeah. it's just not it's just not terribly interesting i do yeah. like i do like like Inglorious Bastards has really great sequences of suspense and uh, there's some great acting in it and everything, but yeah, I don't know. I get really burned out on the whole, like his just infatuation with like spaghetti westerns and yeah, exploitation, black exploitation films and shit like that. Even though yeah. Jackie Brown is essentially his homage to black exploitation, but it's not like any black exploitation movie. I mean, right. that I've no. seen, uh, but it's clearly like working from or taking things from that like the music and the the fact that they you know pam greer is in it and yeah yeah but it's not it's not a black exploitation movie at all you know yeah yeah it's just a great crime thriller for real yeah yeah and speaking of de niro just f- fucking amazing yeah like <laughs> when he's just like sitting there on the phone lewis she ain't there lou <laughs> um, and he like gets confused like twisting the phone yeah. around He's like and like uh like him and Bridget Fonda just uh oh yeah getting on each other's nerves is amazing yeah and like I I still don't quite understand why but my favorite line in the entire movie is like you shot Melanie is she dead yeah 
pretty much. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, pretty much? That ain't no kind of answer, Lewis. Is she dead? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, it's in my top 20. I think it's like number 14 or something. But, nice. Uh, well, I, just real quick, I, I watched Vinyl, which is an Alan Zweig film. Uh, his first, I think it's his first documentary that he ever did um, in back in 2000. It's on YouTube, and I would highly recommend that anybody watch it who is interested in documentaries. And uh, at, and even the least been interested in Vinyl Records, it's about collectors, and uh, it's really more about like obsessiveness and, uh, you know, compulsion the people these people are all like uh like he interviews harvey p car in it mm. and uh they're all kind of extensions of harvey p car they're all just curmudgeon old white guys who are really <laughs> into vinyl and have to own all the vinyl and alan zweig himself is also like he he essentially like narrates the whole documentary by filming himself in a mirror and talking about his life and how his vinyl collecting is like ruining his life and he can't meet anybody and he would just love to have like a wife and a kid and he's like, you know, everything's miserable and he does, he hates everybody. And it's just, it's really, it's a lot, it's a very, very, it's very, very entertaining and very good um, little documentary. It's shot on a, like a Sony Handycam, so it doesn't look great, but I mean, Mm. it's pretty terrific. Uh, He gets really, he's really smart too. Like he'll talk to the, he, he sees the problem with collecting that nobody else that he interviews seems to see and he'll tell everybody and be like, you, do you ever think about the fact that like you live in your mother's basement and it might be connected to the fact that you can't stop buying vinyl records and I'm like, Oh, I guess I, yeah, I guess I could see that. <laughs> it's just like, wow. He sees the problem, but nobody else does. It's very, yeah. very good. So, uh, that being said, let's jump into our deep dive of Ricochet, uh, from 1991 directed by Russell Mulcahy and starring a, uh, a young and extremely fit Denzel Washington yes. and John Lithgow and Kevin Pollack and uh, other people. Uh, yeah, this is a, a favorite of mine from when I was a kid. I mean, I saw this. My dad showed me this movie when I was probably like 12. Uh, uh, my mom was not happy about it. Yes, yeah, she should not. Yeah, it's she very, should be not happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was very, like, really into it, though. And he was like, yes, it's a great movie. It's so good. You know, and, uh, and he showed it to me, and um, so there's no doubt. I understand that this movie is not um, well regarded, but I and there's certainly a lot of it that's wrapped up in nostalgia for me, just from the fact that I have this connection to it from my dad. However, looking at it from my perspective now, I can argue that I that how how good I think this movie is. I I really 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 like this movie a lot. Can't wait for you to argue that. <laughs> I really dig it a lot. Well, let's uh I you know, being that um we know that I like this movie. How does everybody else feel about it? What do you guys think of Ricochet? I got to say, uh Denzel Washington fucking ruled in this movie. Like the points where he's like starting to like really like legit lose it and like he's talking a mile a minute like mm-hmm. that's he does that so well um and like it's funny like i guess I we should thinking, real i'm sorry real quick we should say what the movie's about oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little synopsis I, I mentioned that it's like cape fear uh so it's about uh denzel washington as a police officer a rookie police officer who stops john lithgow who is attempting to become a career criminal and um stops him from committing a crime uh, captures him and essentially their lives go in different directions. Whereas 
John Lithgow goes to jail, obviously, and he feels like his life is ruined. Uh, Denzel Washington becomes a, a prominent, he becomes a detective and then a assistant district attorney, and he has a wife and two kids, and his life is perfect. And essentially it's about John Lithgow's quest for revenge against Nick Stiles. Right. <laughs> With the help of the Aryan Brotherhood. Right, with the help of the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's an action thriller. It's a buddy cop zinger comedy movie. Yeah. It's a prison gladiator movie. It's a family drama. Featuring Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, and it's a revenge thriller also. It's yes, a, yes. It's, yes. All, it's so many things. Yes. <laughs> So many things to so many people. I like the prison gladiator movie. Yeah, That's good. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Oh man, that was <laughs> all right. Continue. Uh, yeah, Denzel, I think is pretty fucking phenomenal, and it's and uh, like, I I guess like most people know him from like some of his more like serious dramatic roles, but like I think a lot of people maybe they never knew in the first place, or they forgot, or. They might have forced themselves to forget that he was in a lot of like weird genre stuff in the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, like this and uh, Fallen, the Demon movie mm-hmm. with uh, John Goodman. Um, but yeah, I really like Denzel. <laughs> the rest of the movie, not so much. I like. I thought there were moment moments where it was like really just over the top and silly and like like especially uh the uh, the gladiator scene where john lith like they're like decking him out in like these phone books phone books with like tape wrapped around them and Fuck like yeah and like somehow the prison guards have no idea what is going that, that on that did strike me this time watching i was like where are the guards at in this prison? yeah and <laughs> like every somehow, prisoner in the place is in is in the cafeteria right now where are the guards at? yeah and like somehow like they're doing like the prisoners are doing construction on a room that the parole board is in <laughs> uh that's free labor. That's just smart. yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. being smart with your money. Yeah. <laughs> when that guy like uh, he grabs the one guard, and he starts putting the saw through his stomach. Yeah, the you know, saw if, the, uh, if the guards were around, they might have known that all those dudes are in one prison gang, and we shouldn't uh, get them all in the same fucking crew. <laughs> yeah. Or or you know like someone like someone just like you know walking by the bars one day, and they see all these pictures of Denzel in the cell, and like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought that about that too, actually. Look. This time, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that when, when he leaves his cell is like decked out entirely with pictures of Denzel Washington. Yeah, like nobody like, thought to call. And when he's like running off like these Xerox copies that like you know like get closer and closer in on Denzel's eye, and like the guard like has, and somehow like none of the lights work in this in this prison, <laughs> and the guards just don't that just couldn't give a shit. What's going on? Yeah, prison's overcrowded. They don't Apparently, know, they don't know yeah. Fuck what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did like the. Um, speaking of that scene, though, uh, this Alan Silvestri did the score for this, which I don't. I don't think uh. it's all that special. But there is that like that great like synth like jump 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 jump. I really enjoyed that. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was very effective when they were like doing close ups of their eyes looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. The Jr. Yeah, um, Jared's mad that he has to talk about this. Movie. <laughs> no, I, I, I think uh, Kevin, I think you just talked about my favorite scene from the movie, 
but um which is what the copying thing no the <laughs> the viking gladiator thing yeah the the, the gladiators I, I like the gladiators because that, right, that was right. that was like uh this movie just fully embracing the ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah like it, that you know strand of ridiculous that goes through the whole thing but it, this uh i don't know the rest of the movie just like does not manage its tones very well it's uh at points i feel like john lithgow go and uh and Denzel Washington are in different movies. Like Lithgow is like way over the top, hamming it up. And Denzel Washington is being, you know, a very charismatic Denzel, but he's being yeah, very serious. He's, he seems to be taking the movie quite seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, the star and, vehicle for him. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good luck. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Most successful American actor that, that I can think of right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, like this goes to such fucked up dark places yeah while you know we we have like these weird one-liner zingers and it just like you know especially from kevin pollack yeah um (laughs) and i'm just like i love i love his impressions of captain kirk and columbo just had to fit those in there yeah how can he be dead when he killed me (laughs) yeah We've got this uh, this villain sidekick character who does not fit with oh, yeah. the over the top darkness that's going on. And <laughs> you mean the kid, like the, the you are the you are the true Aryan god or whatever that guy. The kid, yeah, yeah, the yeah. kid that is constantly just yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like John Lithgow just, just like, hired him to be like this guy that just like his hype man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes to the yeah. same prison, and he he's in the escape. He's the only guy not. Uh, killed in the escape from jail and yeah. just stays with him forever. It's just it's like, why is this guy in this movie? Yeah, just to piss me off. I think it's like constantly talking. <laughs> that constantly actor, uh, well, like he pisses off John Lithgow too. It's like, yeah. Do you want to just announce that it's an inside job? <laughs> they, that that actor is actually a uh, like the least prolific actor on this. Like he's in only been in eight things, really? and uh, he played uh, Tom Cruise's brother in. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Damn. Huh. It's been in a couple of Oliver Stone movies, but that's really it. Yeah, it's uh so yeah, I, I the first thing I think of this when I think of this movie is just like it's it's a mess. It's a mess of many genres, it's a mess of many tones, and none of it comes together for me. Like I like I thought the uh you know like the weird abandoned tower, and it was not abandoned, but it kind of looks like just this weird abandoned structure where mm-hmm. it, the movie ends, like is like a really cool action ending that the movie didn't earn because it stopped being an action movie for a lot of the movie. Um, and yeah, that's, a, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm at. I don't know. Okay, just, well, let me respond directly to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, I, I like this movie. I, I can agree that uh, it's... I think it's weird that it goes as dark as it goes. Like the, the the child pornography thing is really weird to me. The fact that Denzel yeah. Washington would agree to be in this movie, uh, where there are these, you know, where child pornography is, I mean, they like show child pornography magazines in the movie. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, and, yeah. And the mm-hmm. fact that he actually says one of his lines when he's being sarcastic, but he says, you know, oh, I run a child pornography ring or whatever, and it's like that's just a weird thing that you would even say, being that yeah. you're Denzel Washington. That you would agree to say that in a movie, but and this was a this was supposed to be a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. agree that tonally, it's uh, it's I, I guess it's not sure what it wants to be because, but I feel like that's just like a sign of its 
uh, age. Like it came out at a time when that's like a thing. Like, mm. ac- like action thrillers were way more action than they are now than they are thriller. And like they, but, yeah. they're trying to fit a lot of action into this movie. And I agree that I I couldn't agree more about the ending. The ending is my least favorite part of the movie. I hate the tower fight. I think it's ridiculous. I <laughs> I hate that John Lithgow immediately just like gives up all of his plans and just like I'm gonna climb this tower and stab you to death. Even and it, <laughs> even before that, just the fact that he would like walk out when he sees Denzel Washington about to jump off the roof, yeah. just like he would. We would give himself up that way, just, right? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't like any of that. I do like. I hate. I hate Denzel's plan of like I'm gonna act crazy, like I'm gonna jump to, and his whole like goofy, you know, monologue through the megaphone. It just seems really like ridiculous. Like at, completely out of character. Like he would never do anything like that. But I do love when the explosion happens and that shot of him turning around. And, no, <laughs> that, that that's amazing. I just love. That. I don't know what it is. I love that shot. It just feels uh, like a trailer shot so much. It's not in any of the trailers. Wow. <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but it's so great. But um, yeah. I I don't. Aside from that, though, I don't feel like like the gladiator match. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember always just thinking that's such a cool idea that they like strap phone phone books to themselves as armor you know yeah. and they're gonna fight it out and it's like how they explain it when when two white men have a problem they fight like Aryan <laughs> warriors you know it's like some kind of like uh mystical uh racist spiritual thing yeah, that they're trying yeah. to go through you know it's like some weird stuff left over from Highlander because there's yeah. some very well, similar they, shots they talk about yeah it's, that's in the uh in the IMDb trivia it talks oh, about yeah. how he uh he like he talks about that in some interview or something that he was directly referencing Highlander when he shot that scene right. and like how the when they hit their swords they spark and everything you know right so yeah but uh, I don't know I I agree uh, also that their acting their kind of performances aren't aren't necessarily on the same level but I don't think either one of them is better than the other I think that they're just I agree like like Denzel is playing like he's in a normal movie. And John Lithgow is playing like he's in Ricochet. <laughs> yeah. And, or like John yeah. Lithgow is like, didn't I do this and blow out? Well, I, no, I don't see, I don't see his character. <laughs> no, I was like just making out. a joke. I mean, more like, like raising Kane or something. I mean, he's very like, yeah, like, like, like JR said over here, very over the top. Um, but I love the, I mean, for me coming out of, uh, when I was a kid, it was all about like, we used to, I used to bring like a, pile of dvds to my friend's house and we would literally just watch like blood scenes like scenes of action and blood like the diehard action scenes we watched the end of taxi driver a lot uh just like all these kinds of you know yeah scenes of just like the uh, the the in shootout from way of the gun watch that like a hundred times just anything that had squibs good looking blood uh robocop shit like this so i mean ricochet is like so you guys in your twelve, you're just like oh, we got to put that in. We got to put up that Denzel dope up and hooker fuck scene. Right, oh, we didn't watch that scene. Now that'd be great. It wasn't. And it wasn't over and over. It wasn't when we were twelve because <laughs> DVDs didn't exist when I was twelve. But uh, <laughs> but uh, or we, they weren't in mass production. But right, the, the right. point is, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was more like it was more like when we were in high school, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, but yeah, I mean Ricochet is like I love the, I think the blood work is really good in it. I mean, it seems like a really petty, silly thing to talk about, but I mean, I like that goes a long way for me. Like, right, if yeah. the if the squibs look good, I'm in, you know. And the squib work in this, even in that first that first scene where John Lithgow sh- shotguns everybody, mm-hmm. amazing. Like when he yeah. shoots the one guy, and his tie flies up because of the explosion. Just that 
this is incredible to me. Yeah. Like, I, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And the, like... when he shoots the guy with the... He has, like, the weird pin gun when they when they escape from uh, the parole hearing. And he shoots him with the weird, like, tube thing. I, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And, <laughs> you know, at this point when watching it, I was I was still in at the yeah. beginning. I was, I was confused. I was wondering uh, at the beginning if, like, the crazy camera work during the pickup basketball game was going to be, like... Like setting up the visual grammar of the film, uh, it was not. It was just weird <laughs> camera work during a basketball game with a lot of Ice T's hair. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but I I was into that first uh, scene between Denzel and uh, and John Lithgow. You know, like oh, like, when he takes his clothes off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like uh, the shooting. You know, Lithgow shooting everyone was cool. Yeah, and then uh, you know, the mini chase through the uh, through the carnival or mm-hmm. fest, whatever that was, festival yeah. fair grounds. Who don't. Um, there's some yeah, it's like for a, it. yeah yeah, like yeah. um and then yeah in, in the you know like his silly like like he, he has so much charisma that he can sell taking off all of his clothes i know and making inappropriate <laughs> dick jokes it's uh, so ridiculous too because yeah it's like you watch it and it's like this would not work in real life at all but somehow it seems believable because it's denzel doing it i don't yeah, know yeah, like yeah. it yeah. just he sells it it makes sense i don't know yeah and it you know he can <laughs> You can take off your clothes, and that's how you become a detective. Yeah, that's and right. that, that was most, that's probably my least. That's that's how the ending. That line of you both being promoted to detective, like, <laughs> why would they be good detectives just because they? You know, he took his clothes off and captured this guy because <laughs> they were because they were in the right place at the right time. Right, that'll, right, right. That'll makes, happen that makes every no time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, it did because it got him where he ended up going. Right. So. Well, you know. And oh, you can, and I guess that leads to the other thing. This is also a. Uh, like the media is bad movie. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. The medium, like the media, like really brings him up. They make him famous. You know, they they like keep keep covering him because he's like the the pretty boy detective that yeah. that saved the day. Yeah. And then they turn on him in an instant. And for like yeah. fifteen minutes, this is about how you know you can't trust the media and yeah, and not like in a, in a Trump way, but in just like a it, <laughs> yeah, it'll turn yeah. on you in a second. Yeah, like, it was funny too because like get the viewers, like so much of this stuff, it's like, oh well, the press just knows about this. Sure. Yeah, it's like did, did... the uh, the okay. Gail Gail Wallens or whatever her name is. She uh... yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you realize that? Uh, I don't know if, if you guys read the IMDb trivia for this movie or who just too horrified not. to care. But uh, uh, apparently... I watched it late at night, so I was... well, apparently the uh, I didn't realize this. I knew that the actress was the same. The actress who plays the reporter is the same actress who plays the reporter in Die Hard, and they're the same oh, character. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read that. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I can only think of one other time that that's happened. And interestingly enough, Jackie Brown is relevant here. Uh, oh, yeah. Michael Keaton plays uh, yeah. Ray Nicolette in Out of Sight and in Jackie Brown. Right, yeah. Very strange. But yeah. neither here nor there. But just an interesting tidbit. Question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was made by HBO. I guess, yeah, that's what it says. Okay, yeah, because like before the movie, I don't think it was an HBO movie. Like it was on HBO, the channel. I think it was produced by their like right, 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 or whatever. You know, yeah, like MTV Films. You know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, uh, I some some just some choice quotes real quick. Uh, I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to check. This is such a ridiculous line. It doesn't. Oh my god! Doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere near any movie with Denzel Washington in it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I like uh, the whole scene when he goes to the parole hearing and he says, "I visit your house and I fuck your wife and your daughter and maybe even your dog." 
yeah, and, and yeah. before that when he says i hope you remember to floss and he says i did with your wife's pubic hair yeah <laughs> just wow just the grossest sleaziest you know dialogue you could think of <laughs> yeah when he taught when uh when he first meets uh his cellmate jesse ventura and he says fuck yourself cream cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he just Weighs lace to, yeah, just lays waste to him. Throws his head into the toilet or the sink or whatever. That's, yeah, that was, and breaks it. That's and like, great. And the guard, it, yeah, well, we already established the guards don't give yeah, a they shit. Yeah, don't give so. a fuck what's going on. Yeah. One, of my, one of my notes I have here was uh, there were several quotes that were really, like, problematic as far as, like, uh, the way they were talking about women mm. or talking to women. But I then I didn't write down any of the quotes. Oh. I can't remember what they were. But there were a few at who, the beginning of the movie. Uh, well, I think I was writing about Denzel's first scene with uh, with who had become his wife. Oh, when he like blackmails her into going yeah. out with him. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. Um, I'm free for begging and pleading Saturday at eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna and, have to write you a ticket. Yeah. So the, this guy is only in one scene, but uh, Denzel's captain. Yeah. Uh, when we first meet the DA, like they're having a conversation and as they're walking away, the 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 captain says something like really fucked up about the DA, cause, just because she's like bossy, right? Uh, and I, they I call wish her I could remember what Priscilla she, the Hun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, that, um, that's not. Yeah, I know that's, that's not, not it, the, but... the quote I'm thinking of. because yeah. that's okay, that's, not that's that. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was thinking, she must uh, be on her period. Or that. <laughs> oh, Fuck that bitch. There is a back off rail. She's getting the paper bag over her head when her boyfriend fucks what's left. Of yeah, her. that's a good. That's uh. That's, a good that's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. But I mean, the the you know the psycho said that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's dark. Yeah, <laughs> that's extreme. Yeah. Oh man. Yes, yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a dirty sleazy picture for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and it's very it's a strange um, it's a strange anomaly I'd say in Denzel's career Indeed. to be in something quite this gross. Yeah, yeah, and, but you know, yeah, because like this was ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. And he when was Malcolm X? Ninety two. But he had already won an Oscar for Glory at this. Oh, point, that's so. right. That's right. He's so this must been a, this must have been in a kind of a lull where like he. Was, I don't think so. I think this is like him trying to. Like this is probably oh, okay. like the, I like like John like Jr. said here. It's like a big. Uh, I think he was trying to be a blockbuster. You know, he was trying to be a oh. big action, play a summer thing. You know, right, uh, right. Just didn't work out because people were like grossed out by. It. I mean, I read that they had to cut out a lot of the violence, and I mean that's shocking because it's very very violent still. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm surprised it's the violence they had to cut out. Like, <laughs> again, this is uh, I'm I'm not like easily scandalized or anything, and, and I'm not scandalized by this movie. It's just, it is just way dark yeah. for for what it is. And and I, that whole, yeah, the whole sequence where he's abducted mm-hmm. and gets uh, like forced to do heroin, heroin into a system and forced to uh, have sex with have sex. It's, yeah. uh, well, technically it's like, that's rape. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. rape. 100% rape. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, there's even something she said that was weird that I'm seeing in the IMDb quotes. I wish. Uh, it was like your your mouth. <laughs> your mouth says your no, mouth but your your your, yeah, your yeah. friend says yeah. yes. Or yeah, something. yeah. And I remember he says uh, he says I fought her with every inch of my being. And his wife says I can think of several inches that didn't give up didn't give <gasps> a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is like yeah, like I mean, you know, we yeah, that's that's a whole thing about like you know a guy says that he's raped by you know 
a woman, it's like, what? Yeah. Come on, this man. This is a pure, pure and simple, no nonsense has to be, ra- this is definitely rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely does not want this to happen. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I like the, uh, uh, speaking of that, of the, that sequence, the uh, the one kind of artistic shot in the movie, the, the slow zoom in when they're doing the arm wrestling. I actually really like that. I, yeah. I think it's pretty effective. It's uh, I like when he's there. They're like he's trying to arm wrestle, and he's like, "Come on, you can do better than that." And he he, and he's, he tightens up. He goes, "That's better." <laughs> he just <laughs> whispers. To him. Yeah. And the uh, the what's wrong with your eye? <laughs> Shh, we don't say those kinds of things. That whole sequence was good. I thought that was really effective too, yes. because you're, you know, you're definitely he's, you know, that he's a maniac by now. Yeah, and yeah. he's in this house with these two children. Like he could, you know, and this is the kind of movie that he. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he did something to the kids. I totally yeah, thought. Yeah. I totally thought those those kids were dead. <laughs> I, I really did. Yeah, yeah. And like the like when he when he wakes up on the couch and he sees the tape, mm-hmm. and like you know like, you know has the axe. And he's like smiling for the camera. He's like, <laughs> has the remote. <laughs> turns yeah, the, like, turns it off. Yeah, he's got a lot of good equipment, man. For an yeah, yeah, portable VHS camera. And a... did they ever explain why he has all this money? The Aryan Brotherhood. No, because no, like, that's he, a good question. I don't know why he, he sells the like Aryan that's... Brotherhood on like the fact that when he gets out, he's got money. So like he was gonna yeah, start right. funding. Hmm. Like he was promising them. Maybe money. Uh, the kid did something to get the money or something. I don't know. No. He said he had said, yeah. "I'm going to work overtime to make sure you have a nice place to come to when you get out of here." And all yeah, that yeah. Stuff, so. I mean, he was ready to suck him off. So, oh yeah, you know like I mean? they were hanging out at that weird S and M club. So yeah, probably some weird <laughs> shit going freak on. Freak show. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I actually f- had forgotten about that place. But <laughs> as soon as we were in there, I was like, "Of course, this kind of place is in this movie." Well, yeah. my dad actually. Uh, explained that scene to me when i was a kid and uh-huh. he was like and and i for the longest time i thought that they explained it in the movie why they were in that place but he explained to me as a kid and it makes a lot of sense he was like they're hanging out here because like the cops wouldn't come to a place like this to look for them because it's like a, such a weird place but that doesn't make sense because the cops would go right there i know to look for someone but at the same time it's okay. when you're a kid it makes a lot of i'm like that yeah, makes yeah so much yeah. sense yes this movie rules <laughs> 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 i will say um that uh, there is a there is a connection to Training Day. Also, uh, there's a deleted scene in Training Day. It's on the it's on the Blu-ray. Well, it's on the DVD. I'm not sure it's on the Blu-ray, but I'm pretty sure it's on the Blu-ray. And uh, in the deleted scene, uh, Denzel's character shows uh, Ethan Hawke a picture of him when he was a rookie, and it's a picture of him in this movie. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the picture of him pointing the gun, like from the you know from the first carnival scene or whatever, which makes no sense why there would be a picture of him like that. But well, there was a guy with, there's, there's guys with video people with video cameras yeah, but this is all like, over. This, this is movie. clearly like a captured still yeah, yeah, from yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like there was that guy who got the whole thing in the beginning of the movie. Right. And then what was the, the Senator had the camera when he like, oh, the Senator's but, wife or whatever. Yeah. Senator's or, wife. Or, or as, her kid was at the thing. Yeah. 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 And like, she, you know, she sold her tape to Channel Nine. Yeah, I think it was Channel Six actually. But <laughs> we have Channel Nine here, so it's... I will. Uh, I'll just. I'll, I'm gonna leave it here because I like. I think I've said enough about this movie. I don't know how much there is more to say about it, but yeah. I will say that the the DVD of this is the one of the worst DVDs I've ever watched, and uh, it's 
in it's letterboxed, but it's also cropped on the sides. So it's like this. Mm. It's like when you watch on your TV, it's like a block of, you know, video on your TV, and it's black all around it. So I ended up watching on my on my MacBook, thinking it would be like, oh, it'll be you know full screen on my MacBook, but it's actually a block on my MacBook also. <laughs> Jesus! But I still watch it like that, and it looks terrible. The transfer is horrible, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, you know, I mean, unfortunately for me because I like this movie, it'll probably never see the light of day because everybody hates it and Siskel and Eber gave it two thumbs down so <laughs> ouch anyway uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm almost scared to say what I gave this out of five now that you guys are oh we know you gave it a five out of five no John. I didn't it's give okay. it a five because I hate the ending so much I gave it a four so four oh I was going to say four and a half no I gave it a four <laughs> I actually gave it a, a two and a half because there's so much potential here and I, I think it should be better and I think maybe in someone else's hands, this would be better. Mm-hmm. So it's Mulcahy's it, fault. Maybe, yeah. I don't. Have you At seen? Have you, you, have you seen the Highlander? I've seen, yeah, the first Do one. Do you like it? I thought it was okay. Mm. What about the the Shadow? Oh, yeah, I, I don't think that. that's okay. I never, okay. I haven't seen it, but yeah, right. he hasn't done a lot of uh, other stuff of note. I don't think really. Right. He he's definitely he's in TV now. So. Huh. Uh, two point seven five. Oh wow! Okay, you guys are a lot higher than I thought you'd be. Actually, Jonathan, uh, I really like Denzel in this. Like, I yeah. legit think he was. He's like, good. He's a good actor, and he did a good job. Yeah, Jonathan texted me and told me he hated it. So, but he hasn't logged it yet, so I don't know. I was looking forward to talking it out with him because I, I thought he would dislike it, and I was looking forward to uh, defending it against him. But oh well. Uh, so that's gonna pretty much do it for our show we don't have any feedback this week and which thank god because this show's already two and a half hours uh, J- JR if you're coming back it's your pick yeah I'll uh, I'll be available next week nice um, if, if you'll have me it's, we'll have uh, you of course you know summers are weird for me I, you know, I go out of town a lot but they're not weird for me they're just fun for me because I'm a teacher so I can leave town um, <laughs> I'm a teacher so I, I can't I probably, leave town. Uh, probably won't be <laughs> I'm a childless teacher. Uh, okay, so what's your pick? I'm between two. I'll let you guys help me make the decision. No, I won't, because I know which one you'll pick. Never mind. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to go John Huston's Fat City. All right. 1972. Cool. Boxing movie. It's uh, Stacey Keach. Yeah, this is uh, toward the end of John Huston's career, you know, in the 70s boom of awesome hollywood cinema i got i got high hopes i haven't seen this that's good i wanted oh, wow. to, i wanted to pick something i haven't seen right Exciting. and i'm hoping that none of us have seen it i haven't i haven't it's unlikely that jonathan, jonathan has definitely, right no he hasn't seen okay it. i don't think so then yeah that's uh that's it hopefully i don't even know where we can find this hopefully we can find it's this at the movie. library okay it's on blu-ray i think at the library sweet uh so next week Dibs. we're going to be watching uh <laughs> next week we're going to be watching fat city and uh talking about that if uh, you have feedback for us, you can get uh, in touch with us at feedback at filmiacpodcast.com. Visit our website at filmiacpodcast.com. There's a blog there that we update regularly uh, with trailers and movie news. And uh, find us on Facebook, Filmiac Podcast on Facebook. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Violent, more violent, his hand cracked. The chair. Blue 
song reaction 